0: Did I ever uh, tell you back when I was living with my parents, like they had, my mom had a chihuahua. Mm. (laughs) This is a true story, by the way. Uh, I don't, I don't recall a chihuahua. I'm sorry. Okay. I must have not have ever brought it up because like the chihuahua and I never really got along. Like every time I would get close to my mom, like it would start barking and like nipping at my ankles and my feet or something. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm getting to a point, but like, (laughs) I mean, like most chihuahuas are, but like i I one time one day I was I was just really really wanted to bond with this chihuahua cuz like mm. you know it's my mom's dog and I wanted to you know make sure that it liked me so well, I, I I came up with the idea to like enter it into an ugliest dog contest oh cuz i mean like it, it, i mean i'm not i wasn't doing it to be mean i mean like chihuahuas are objectively speaking kind of ugly True. Um, so so you know there was a local <laughs> ugliest dog contest and when i entered it like guess what dude i won first place wow Yeah. Even, even better news. The dog came in third. I was going to say like you won first place. So (laughs) like, I'm, I'm really excited for you
1: on that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I call, I I call that joke.
1: Woof. (laughs) It's finally the appreciation that you've been, I deserve. Yes. (laughs) Adam, how have you been this week, man? (sighs) Well, let's see what's going on in the world. Um, it's been about the same. We we decided to to get back into the to the potty training mode this weekend. Oh, cool! We Doing were, some more Winnie the Pooh stuff. Yeah, we were unsuccessful yeah. on on weekend one, dah. Um, so we we took a couple weeks off, and now we're we're going for it again. Because you know, when when like with most people, when they tell you that they poop their pants, you know, you know it's it's time that they start learning how to use. A potty mm-hmm. so whether they be a baby or a full grown adult I mean it's about time that person should know how to use the toilet so uh, so how's Dawn doing with her potty training <laughs>
0: she's coming along great oh good Iris yeah. not
1: so much oh uh, no but she got into she's a of
0: she's just not getting it just not letting you know when it's happening yeah we're just, mm-hmm. we're just being surprised by little pills everywhere and, yeah. and
1: so that's that's always fun so but she's, she's sitting on it, but I think she, like, like for her this whole time, we've been trying to keep her away from the toilet because you don't want them reaching their hand in. So now that they, they finally have access to it. She thinks like, Oh my God, I'm going to sit on this thing. And like, my, my life is going to change. And then she does, and like nothing happens. She's like, I'm I'm sitting here waiting. What's going to happen? And uh, like, (laughs) you you can't. Am I in time out? What's going on here? (laughs) You can't uh, logic with them. No, you have to do the work. They're not there yet. So you can't just like
0: (laughs) squeeze their their tummy, hoping that comes out like toothpaste. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So. Um,
1: she's, she's, so she's got her little, you know, climby thing to get on it and then she can wash her hands afterwards. And so she enjoys that part. But as for the actual, oh, you
0: have her on the, uh,
1: the toilet toilet. We're going kind of going back and forth, which oh, okay. may or may or may not be making this process more difficult, but okay. like she's just running into the bathroom and like jumping up on the toilet. So it's like, just cause it's fine. Like, no, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep this going again. We're halfway through the weekend now and yeah, zero repetition is what's going to help you with it. So I know Best We're of like luck to you. Oh, for whatever. Just like having her sit on it every 15 minutes. And she's just like, all right, well, I'm waiting for the magic to happen. And
0: yeah,
2: it's not happening.
0: Poo. <sighs> Literally poo. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's where I am this week. How is she with like communicating with to you guys about like anything? Like, does she let you know when she's hungry? Does she let you know when she's like needs to do anything else? Well, or at least Hungry is grabbing our hand and dragging
1: us to the refrigerator. I don't know if, if that what that means. Um, but we we were like, "Oh, Hungry." I think she <laughs> means that she's warm and she wants you to stuff her into the freezer. <laughs> yes. So then we were like just still doing the sign language thing and she's like, "Oh yeah." hungry you know
2: we need What's like a sign
1: those...
0: language for poo <laughs> <laughs>
1: just just holding it in your hand and being like look at this look <laughs> <laughs> this comes out you're a butt <laughs> yes and it did maybe one of those <laughs> you know monkey thought translators from cloudy with it the
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> there you go hungry hungry hungry. <laughs> or order one of those on an Amazon I'm sure <laughs> yes it's got to be there I mean
1: somebody tried to create an app I noticed a couple of years ago of like how to read what a baby is trying to say with their stupid grunts and everything. but like all the reviews of the ad said as soon as I downloaded this ad, it asked me to like sign away my life and pay400 dollars for lovey blah. blah, blah. And oh like, that's oh, it. That was it. But you know 400 bucks to know what your baby's saying I guess isn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure it didn't work very well. Allah Homer Simpson's brother. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Herb. Herb Powell. <laughs> Whatever happened to Herb? Did he, they just never brought him back on the show? I don't know. I don't I've know. I've seen him like twice. There's mm-hmm. that first, there's this introductory episode, and they brought him back like several years later, like mm-hmm. long after everyone long forgot about Herb and then right. never again.
1: I think. Did he, Homer destroy his life a second time? Yeah. And that episode. Crap, it's been yeah. too long. I haven't seen it. So it, it was just so basically
0: long. the same episode, just <laughs> with different circumstances. Right. Right. The Simpsons Um, should have died a long time ago.
1: I guess so. I don't know. I haven't watched any... Uh, of season 23 through 30. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe it's gotten good. I don't know. We, we can't judge it
0: too much. Can we? Dude, you got access to Disney plus now you can, I know. You, you have all the Simpsons you want. My 45 and minutes much, a day of TV time. I'm going to devote yeah. to one episode at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and much, you, you can listen, you can watch all the Simpsons you want and much more that you don't want. Exactly. <laughs> Cause there's a good like seven seasons in there. That's just pure gold. Everything else, Let's watch something else. I know. Did you end up getting around to watching
1: that Camp Krusty episode from like season four? Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, dude. It's <laughs> so good. Yeah, it's so good. And yeah. I, I, Don, and I had like a a a moment of of connecting over the episode that Bart is left at his soccer practice and Homer's supposed mm-hmm. to pick him up and Homer <laughs> like he he always he says that you know I'll, I'm on my way and it turns out that. He's watching wheel of fortune and that's yeah the, the, the puzzle. Um, <laughs> yeah so we, we, we watched that entire episode <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah every now and then like me and my family like i'll one of us will say a stupid joke and it'll trigger a memory from mm-hmm. one of my favorite episodes and it'll be like hey guys we're watching this episode yes. now did, did and we ever did...
1: show erica the the th- homer gains 300 pounds oh yes yes okay mm-hmm. i remember that was one of the first ones we we're trying to show yeah. it to her like two or three years ago, and we couldn't find it. But
0: yeah, before Disney Plus was a thing, right? Yeah, I finally yeah, because I like that 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 was one that when Disney Plus when we first got access to Disney Plus, like I remember, like oh, there was something I was supposed to show you. What was it? And then after <laughs> twenty minutes of thinking about it and trying to search my memory banks, like it's like oh yeah, Homer in a muumu. <laughs> I don't want to look like a weirdo. Just I'll just go number. with the moo moo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Folks, God. that is the type of gold content you can mm-hmm. expect here on the skinny with Mike and Adam. And High we've rap. got we've got minutes, minutes more great content to, to show you. We've mm-hmm. got a stacked episode. Uh, we are going to be good deep diving now that we are now that I have uh, finally gotten through the last real Doors album. Yes. Adam thought it might be a good idea that we do a Doors retrospective, you know, one of his favorite bands. And now that he has somebody to talk to about it, we thought now would be a great time. Yeah. Somebody who's my age roughly (laughs) since I spent
1: numerous years talking to baby boomers about the Doors and Mm -hmm. gaining their perspective. But now finally
0: somebody who, who, who truly (laughs) understands that's me, baby. Yeah. It it was a several week journey and I finally finished the law woman which is uh, Spanish for low woman. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we're, yeah, we're going to be going, we're going to be going through that album. Uh, we'll, we'll probably do a track by track. And then what's kind of, I think it's fair.
1: Cause the more I listened to it, the more I was like, you know, this album was basically the beginning of me. Like I could, I could easily say that that STP album was like the beginning of me liking music, but, oh. but LA woman, when I bought that tape in 1997 was like the beginning of me needing to Start this journey that we are still on. Twenty three years later, now nice. of, of absorbing and absorbing and absorbing.
0: And well, uh, I'll give you my preliminary thoughts right now. There is a lot to talk about with La Woman, whew. so we'll get there when we get there. But we also we're going to talk a little bit about some music that came out a couple of weeks ago over on the tenth, and we'll just give our brief thoughts on it. A couple of them are just kind of reimagining albums. Yes, one of them was a recommendation from a friend of the show, Daniel uh and then we got and then after we talk about the doors we're going to continue on with some green day and some more bad religion so we got a stacked episode once again not i mean i could two I, I could good.
1: give just like a condensed review of all of those and then we can just like jump into the
0: doors <laughs> you're really excited to go <laughs> jump into the doors i'm sure <laughs> yeah i mean i like it like i said i don't think there's too much to talk about with two of those albums but uh yeah we'll, we'll just we'll go through um we can get through but first uh everybody's favorite alt-right music Mm. punching bag uh (laughs) trapped who i learned this week that his I, i learned this week that the lead singer's name is chris brown chris brown
2: I mean,
1: yeah. made famous by, you know, everything from 2009. I mean, what he did to
0: Rihanna was pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, at least... And what he, he had- continues... Yeah, what he continues to do with his shitty behavior, too. Completely mm-hmm. fucked up. Worst of which is being the lead singer of Trapped. <laughs> those libtards, man. Those libtards. <laughs> hey, got those libs. <laughs> uh, a few weeks ago, uh, the album Shadow Work, which I believe is like Trapped's like seventh or eighth album overall, uh, it came out, and uh, prior to that, the singer, because you know we everybody's familiar. Everybody who follows this scene uh, these days is familiar with Trapped and how loudmouth they are. Well, particularly Chris Brown on on Twitter and how he's been getting into fights with like Tillian Pearson and Ice Tea, and like he threatened, like he threatened to like like fist fight Ice Tea, which I'm <laughs> sure is a great idea Chris Brown I, mean,
1: I don't think Ice-T is as dangerous as he was back in the 80s and 90s
0: sure yeah I think his I think his uh his reputation precedes him yeah <laughs> but still like you're gonna challenge Ice-T to a fist fight buddy come on <laughs> but uh but you know but also I'm not saying like Chris Brown's a tough guy I'm looking at a picture of him right now and he he looks like a wannabe tough guy like he's like mm-hmm. some guy who thinks he's like you know he like he's one of those guys who will shout at you take his shirt off as a, as a means to threaten you. And he's got like man boobs and like a beer gut and like, I'm going to beat you up. Bro. I was like, no, no, just sit down. Chris Brown. I'm just going to, just going to walk away slowly. And, uh... <laughs> like he's, he's one of those guys that will like shout at you, but then he'll get laid out with like a single punch. Anyway, a few weeks ago, prior to uh, shadow work coming out, uh, Chris Brown claimed that um, shadow work is the best piece of music trapped has put out and probably one of the top five albums that will ever exist for all time.
1: Nice. I mean, to to create something that, that accessible to
0: like everyone. Astounding.
1: I know. Top five (laughs) albums of all time.
0: You know, and we weren't paying attention that, I mean, he has a, he has an ego for a reason is that he is capable of writing such incredible music, but uh, apparently uh, the rest of the people don't, don't, don't don't see that. And so far the album has sold 600 copies. Um, Well, yeah, allegedly, I mean, who sells
1: 600 (laughs) on the nose? I mean, 603, 604, I would understand, but you know, this sounds like, like, like fake news. I'm just, I'm just going to throw that out there.
0: (laughs) 900, uh, 598 of those albums were uh, bought by the uh, RNC, but the, (laughs) Republican National National Convention for our international listeners. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh,
1: and and wasn't there a hard times post about how this guy told like he sent a <laughs> not a cease and desist, but the opposite. Like, yeah, a proceed, and, and a proceed and persist <laughs> yes. for uh, Trump to use headstrong. I mean, it makes sense in all reality. I mean, that should <laughs> yeah, that should be the uh, official anthem of the 2020 Trump campaign. I mean, it just it says it all. In the in the chorus,
2: back off! I'll suck you off. Headstrong! <laughs> I'll suck off anyone. <laughs>
0: uh, when when news when, when public reports of how much album albums this album has uh uh was made public, of course Chris Brown had to go on Twitter and say something about it. Yeah. We sold 4K albums from July 3rd to July 9th. Not bad for a band that did everything ourselves and got say, zero say- words.
1: You literally said 14,000. You said 14 albums.
0: I said 4K. Did I oh, say 14? 4K. I heard 14. Yeah, sorry. like Good for oh, you sorry. guys. I'm doing, I'm doing a voice. 14 <laughs> albums he, in six days. That's pretty good. He's, he's very proud of that. It's more than not, I <laughs> Not bad for a band that did everything ourselves and got oh, zero man. words said about it on any DSPs. We're happy with it. Not yeah. sure what chart you're looking at because they would have been missing quite a few. Sh- sh- shrug emoji. Shrug. Yeah, so he's looking at, he's probably looking at his skewed Pandora numbers uh, again. I, I, okay, so <laughs> against my better judgment, I w- I've been following this Chris Brown trapped thing yes. for like months now because yeah, yeah. it fascinates me. I know. And it, morbidly fascinated by like how ego egotistical this guy is like of course he's like emboldened by like trump and and, and the american republican party and stuff to attack this way but Finally. um and it's it's about time somebody emboldened these <laughs> these 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 oppressed alt-right these these oppressed alt-right gentlemen mm-hmm. but uh but uh, he's he, he's been claiming like he that 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 traps one of the biggest bands in the world, and according to their Pandora numbers, mm-hmm. everybody's favorite stra- streaming service, Pandora, mm-hmm. uh, they, ha- they I, get... I had they get them for a while, mm. uh, <laughs> and I let them go, and uh, they've had uh they have like a, like a million monthly listeners every month, and so but on Spotify and you know the stuff that people actually use, it's not even it hasn't even broken like a hundred thousand <laughs> or whatever, um wow. so somebody. And again, I guess my better judgment, I've been following this. Somebody with some sort of administrative access to Pandora's uh, uh, numbers did a deep dive into this claim. Mm. And while over a million monthly listeners do listen to Trapped on Pandora, it is just one song, Headstrong. Wow. And wow. these are f- also fans of Disturbed and Corn and Limp Biscuit. Yes. and uh, five-figure death punch and like those types of
1: bands. bands the greatest bands to ever come out of 1999 pretty much mm-hmm. i
0: it's mean like, like who who what 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 bands could you know hold the candle to that tiny moving parts i don't think so no way dance gavin dance keep dreaming brother keep dreaming buddy <laughs> so it's nothing the, nowhere i don't think so
1: that that track went platinum you can't deny that yeah well,
0: it was it, to to be fair it, it is one of the biggest modern rock songs to exist, but this band is a one hit wonder and they will always be a one hit wonder. Not sure what this yes, guy's I mean, looking at
1: their, their next couple of singles, you know, number 69 and then, Oh, the, the nothing else went. Nothing <laughs> else
0: after that. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was a single that was off that self-titled album and, uh, and uh, yeah, it wasn't as big, but I I do remember a single hitting the radio still, after headstrong still frame. Yeah. I remember that song. I I bought that album as well, so I'm part.
1: It went to number one on U.S. mainstream rock, Mm -hmm. uh, number three on all on U.S. alternative rock. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how you can be mainstream and alternative
0: at the same time, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It was back when when alternative was the mainstream, Adam. Yes, so thanks to Trapped.
1: (laughs) And then uh, they had uh, one in 2016 go to number 33 on the mainstream charts. So speaking of
0: 2016, 26 in, in 2016 traps PR team re- did reach out to the skinny with Mike and Adam at one point asked and, and asked us if we wanted to interview Chris yes. Brown. This is long before all this stuff was going on. And Man. I, and I don't know if you remember, but I asked you about it and he said, right. and we both said, no, <laughs> well, I, I,
1: I figured i should have listened to their albums before like being like hey we're such a big fan all right but yeah <laughs> but then not and, and you and you let them go because of like your past history with them and yeah like, yes that's okay or else we, we would be sitting here like having defended them for the past <laughs> four years and then this would have <laughs> no, that's been the reason. oh
0: <laughs> yeah that's the reason why we we didn't uh agree to the interview because we're not a fan of this band we wouldn't have anything nice to say (laughs) during the interview it would have just been like I could have absorbed, you know, six
1: albums at that point, mm. and we could have jumped into an interview and been like, "Man, that was such a good interview." Because who who leaves an interview saying like, "Man, that really sucked. I can't believe we did that. that was a huge waste of time." So we would have been sitting yeah. here for four years, being like, "Oh man, trapped. Oh man, remember when we talked to Chris Brown from Trapped? Remember how great that was? Remember? Oh, they got a new album coming out. Oh, we finally made it, Adam. <laughs> we talked on, to Chris Brown. <laughs> he's posting on Twitter some weird stuff, and then like then we would have had to like somehow separated ourselves from the last four years of
0: promoting trapped. No, but about you know how the podcast. skinny with Mike and Adam is. They would, we would have been like this Tillian guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This new album from dance, Gavin dance is probably the worst album I've ever heard <laughs> 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 coming to the no. worst albums of the year near you. Right. And, uh, and folks, I know ultimately- this new trapped album came out in 2016, but it is the 2019 <laughs> album of the year. You guys don't understand. <laughs>
1: It would have been the whole weird skew in the timeline of both of our lives that we would have been apologizing for now. <laughs> in our,
0: no, I, I don't. I don't think
1: that would have. Uh, yeah. We would have gotten canceled like years ago because we would have been like, <laughs> yeah, remember when he said on the, on, when we interviewed him that like black people are this and we're like, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. we would have, I mean, we would have just like gotten sucked into all that, you know, and it would have taken us down to bad Rabbit hole. So, um, yeah. Yeah, we we featured, yeah,
2: we would have been
0: featured. Yeah, we would have been featured in an alternative press like prominent alt right podcast, a skinny with Mike and Adam said, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Got yeah. into a fight with Tillian Pearson at some point. <laughs>
1: said, safe spaces are for pussies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> President Obama is the Antichrist. <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's move on now. So, uh, uh, what my, my point in wanting to share this uh, no, story there, there this past week, yeah, is, is to kind of hopefully put a cap on this whole trapped situation so that people know that there is the proofs in the pudding. They're not as big as they claim to be. And then his ego really does just kind of precede him. So let's all stop talking about trapped us included.
1: We should try.
0: I think this will be the last time. Goodbye, trapped.
1: Goodbye. We hardly knew ye.
0: (laughs) <laughs> oh, so uh, a couple of albums came out um, as well on uh, on the 10th of this month a couple of them are reimagining albums I guess it's kind of cool this is what some artists are doing while they're in uh, while they're sheltering in place it's kind of quick easy stuff to do I suppose and you know it gives their listeners some quick content but uh, do we want to talk a little bit about Nothing Nowhere with his One Takes Volume 1 so for me I don't recognize most of these songs. A lot of these songs came prior to uh, Ruiner. Yeah, so I'm, I'm Reaper, gonna, sorry.
1: I'm just gonna go with. Uh, I, I I'm only like what four or so listens in, but sure. know, I have nothing wrong with it so far. I'm mm. liking these songs that I had never heard before
0: as well. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you I mean, know, you, Hammer you probably will... also haven't uh, revisited any of those old albums as well, huh? Prior, uh, uh, post Reaper coming out as well, right? Post uh, Bloodlust EP hmm. from last year, but even but even after since um, Reaper came out in 2017, like you still haven't visited those pre 2017 albums, right? Oh no,
1: but there was nothing right. on. No, these these songs are not from tho- those albums either. There's nothing from the Nothing Nowhere LP and uh, the EPs that he released. Oh, is that right? So, yeah, for me, like these are all brand new songs, and they might have been um, one offs that he did. He's Tita he has been doing a lot of one-offs. Okay, so like yeah. wooden home track three, I had never heard that song before. Right, let, let down ornament, um, and then like the last four on the on the album, I had never heard. So I don't know if he had released those as more rap-oriented tracks or or what, because this this uh, reimagining is limited on the rapping. It's a lot. It
2: more, is.
0: Yeah, it's a lot more, you know, guitar playing. Yeah, and as you can hear too on the album, because I also gave this like, I literally listened to it once. (laughs) Uh, um, As you can hear on the album, um, oh my wife's car's uh, alarms going off. Uh, As you can hear on the album, it's called One Take and he is like one taking the guitar and singing as well. So I mean, it has that cool, rough around the edges kind of guitar rock kind of sound. And I think that's probably why it's kind of light on the wrapping is because in the studio, you do have to kind of do multiple takes unless you're like Eminem and you're like, you right. know, the rap God. Right. So but, uh,
1: I'm, I'm digging it, though, so far. I feel like it's got a,
0: it's got a good vibe.
1: Yeah. Like he's, he's channeling his inner Johnny Craig on some of these. He's and- crooning and uh the last track like he gets he gets a little uh, technical with the guitar work i'm almost feeling like a tiny moving parts vibe
2: on that yeah final track.
0: he's gotten so, so much better at guitar you know uh, guitar in nothing nowhere's music has always been a bit of an after, after to me a bit of an afterthought just kind of there just to set the atmosphere and then mm-hmm. you know there's the technical drums and the electronic elements as well that kind of layer over it but uh yeah just it's, it just seems like over the years he's just gotten much better at guitar
1: right and I it says here that it's a cover um, for that track, but I'm not oh, okay. sure what who, who's cover it is because it sounds like his own song. And I'm digging yeah. this new this version of Hammer on here because you know I didn't yeah. like the original version of Hammer on Ruiner. Oh, like, that's
0: right. Yeah, you said that.
1: It sounds like you know, like how do I put it? Like this dude's belting out that chorus. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, I'm feeling that, and it's not just like emo rap boy kind of chorus. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it is like the most fun song on ruiner yeah it it is like the most
0: uh, yeah it it is like the hammer is like the most egotistical like in a hip-hop sort of way song that nothing nowhere has ever made and you know it's so it's fun in that in that sense so yeah this kind of takes that and turns it into a sad song
1: somehow so sad and i love it yeah
0: (laughs) so you know if you if you're just kind of hankering for something new and, you know, you're a fan of Nothing Nowhere, this might be a fun album to kind of listen to, you know. And I guess like Adam said, like I didn't really recognize a lot of these tracks too, but I just kind of assumed because it's been so long since I've heard of those old albums yeah. and EPs that I thought they were just there.
1: Yeah, I looked them all up and uh, none of those tracks were on there. So okay, and I, I would have probably recognized them, I would imagine, but um, <clears throat> so, yeah. I was I was pretty happy. Like eight out of the thirteen tracks were new to okay. me, so I'm like, "Hey, this is this is a new EP as far as I'm concerned." <laughs> Will you recommend this to uh, people out there? Of course, of course, because cool. there's nothing like bad about it. It's just him doing his thing, yeah. And it's all in, if it's all in one take, that's even cooler.
0: Yeah, I mean, if it really is in one take, which it does sound like, I, I hope it's just not some studio trick to make it sound like you know. Because there's one thing that I hate is like in the studio after the song ends when you can hear person putting down his guitar and then opening the door and like leaving like oh wow so so emotional driving off <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> uh, yes yeah, so I mean if these are these these really do sound like they're in one take they sound a little rougher on the edges so it's a cool it has cool vibes so go check this out if you're looking for something new if you look for something chill in this in the summer months you know winter if you're in the southern hemisphere but you know either way good good vibes <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, speaking of reimagining albums on the same day oh. uh, Cap- capture the crown the Empire uh, released <laughs> Uh, an album on seven ten twenty twenty released seven ten twenty ten. Yes, I looked it up, which is the date of their first live show, their very first live show, apparently. Yeah, I learned very that cool from I learned that from the uh, awesome mix podcast. I heard that on the Awesome mix podcast after I looked it up. So that was really oh. interesting that how every, we all <laughs> seem to be. Looking this up at once,
1: like I, I saw it, they posted it on Facebook, and I just sat there staring at the date, and I was like, "Did they make a typo?
0: They got, they got the date
1: wrong." I'm just, just going to go listen to this now because it's there, and just give it the one through time that I need to listen to it. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure out this date thing because I'm so confused right
0: now. <laughs> so this is 11 tracks uh, throughout Crown the Empire's career. You know, they got songs from uh, their 20, 2011 album Limitless. They've got songs from the fallout which is i think our introduction to this band did you say, did you say limitless that's not one of their yes. albums uh they have a 2011 album called limitless it is it is a classic album
1: it's a classic album obviously <laughs> yeah it's talking about it for all these years now
0: <laughs> yeah yeah uh, we, our introduction to this band was from the fallout right um yeah i don't know yeah what, yeah. what you're looking at with limitless i'm looking at their that discography is, right now that's <laughs> the ep the 2011 EP. oh sure yeah yeah sorry um but uh so they got they got they got a couple songs from limitless they got from songs from the fallout in 2013 yes. they got resistance rise of the runaways in here which is and a very a interesting tracks. yeah a couple tracks they got you know which is a very interesting concept album mm-hmm. and they got songs from retrograde i think uh, and then I they have think just the
1: one as far as i can yeah. tell but i could be wrong yeah and, and then, then uh, and then, of course i have Paramount a few so guys. skies yeah and Uh, This band has always been like a 50, 50 band for me. Mm. Um, But I, I, except for sudden sky, obviously that was like my number 12 album of the year last year.
0: Yeah. That one hit my uh, top 20 as well. Sudden sky is fantastic. So I was very happy
1: to hear the sudden sky tracks and I've always liked hologram. So I was cool hearing that uh, acoustically. I know you, Mm. you you hear that song and you just say, why, why does this band even (laughs) need to exist? It's So (laughs) ridiculous. Um, but you
0: know, retrograde, Adam. Retrograde. Like that. that. <laughs> that's 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 just where you stand. Wow. <laughs> Creative well, consultants, Adam. <laughs> Creative know. consultants.
1: Part of me is still very surprised this band overcame is, that. It is existing. Yeah, yeah. Even though sudden sky went to number one hundred and ninety on the charts last year
0: hey you know what it broke the top 200 that that you that's go. that you hang their heads up high. <laughs> yeah, they're not the biggest band Retro, in the
1: world retrograde the, number 15 sudden sky oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's pretty bad you know it create you know if the album sounds terrible with creative consultants at least it's the number 15 you know it's paying the bills i guess so. you know at least now they're moving past all that creative consultant stuff and writing actually good music. I sure so. the mainstream doesn't like it. But you know what? You can hang your head up high to know that you created a much a far superior album to Retrograde. Right. And, you know, whatever. <laughs> good on and you. I, Capture the Crown the Empire. I watched a 10
1: minute documentary that they put on YouTube a couple of weeks oh, ago. Cool. Um and they mentioned nothing about Dave Escamilla, who is the, the band. And the Wait, did you say that sarcastically or do you need to know who that is? I, I know who that is. I said okay. that sarcastically. <laughs> um, like no mention of him whatsoever, but it was all like a, oh yeah. When we were you know younger, we did a lot of crazy stuff and it's hard to be in a band. And I, I drank a lot. And what, the guitar player has a stutter that he's still trying to overcome. It's like, so sad that people think I'm faking this, but it's not true. And then... And then they're like, that's the something
0: that I deal with as
1: well. So that's, a, we're, we are, we are of kin. And, uh, that was, and then, uh, I think the bass player talked about like doing a lot of drugs and then getting kicked out and then coming back for no reason whatsoever. And so I don't <laughs> what know. What was this a
0: documentary about? Like the recording of Suns Sky? No, this
1: was just a documentary of them. It was about 10 to 12 minutes and at least I know who everybody is now. That kind of helps. But oh, sure. like, yeah. I know I know what the guitar player looks like and <laughs> what the bass player looks like. Mm. So, uh, but that's that. And whoa, I didn't know that Andy Leo's real name is Andrew Rockhold. Now, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool.
0: Good on <laughs> you, Rockhold. <laughs>
1: I thought his name was Andy Velasquez. What the hell is going on here?
0: <laughs> who knows who knows anything about this band
1: wow. anymore? You know? Somebody just, I think just made this up on Wikipedia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I have to admit something though, going into uh just kind of briefly talking about this. I did not finish it. Okay. Um I, I was listening <laughs> to this at work earlier this week because you like you kind of like were like, hey, this might be worth a listen, right? And right. so I gave it a listen. And I had to step away from my desk for a bit, so I put my uh, wireless earbuds down, and I was like, oh, I'll come back to this. Forgot and then I came back. I didn't forget about it. I, like, I came back, I put it in, and then I was about to hit play on my on my phone, I was like, I'm just going to listen to Paris again, dude. I don't wanna... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, okay. these are cool acoustic reimaginings, because, you know, a lot of some of these, uh, at least, like, with Blurry and, um, you know, because I made it to, like, track six or whatever johnny ringo and like with at least like with blurry which is a pretty heavy ish song on sudden sky like it's cool how they reimagined it and not just made an acoustic version right right so so this is a cool reimagining but uh i didn't i didn't feel the need to go you know to deep dive into it i suppose like so how did you enjoy this
1: uh, same thing i enjoyed the sudden sky tracks more than the other stuff mm. and i was just like okay yeah, cool i like I, I like me some acoustic guitar yeah and the the new song didn't really touch me in any sort of uh provocative sort of way so yeah the the
0: fun. bonus track track 11 yeah. is that was that like a b-side off of uh, one of the albums it's,
2: apparently
1: it's brand new it's a brand oh, okay. new song that they did just cool. for this So that's kind of cool. But yeah, that documentary is just like, what is wrong with this scene and documentary? They're just (laughs) so bad. And they're just like staring at the camera. They're all flat affect. Oh, yeah. I did some things in the past and then we made a band. And <laughs> so are we done? Like, that's they, have an, imi- they have an image to uphold, Adam. There's, there's they, no they have to maintain contact. the image.
2: Yeah, there's zero
1: eye contact whatsoever. <laughs> so I don't know what's I think they're all autistic. That we, we 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 determined that many years ago that mm. the, <laughs> the level of autism is strong <laughs> in the scene because of the it the is. Image, yeah, uh, the 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 awards, the AP
0: ma's yeah <laughs> we did it we did a whole episode on that what at one point and uh whew, that yeah. was rough it's a, it's fine it's fine notice they don't do the apma's anymore <laughs> did they stop them i haven't heard they anything. stopped them no. like a like a couple years ago yeah
1: oh thank goodness yeah. <laughs> three solid years of the apma's and then that was that <laughs> So would you recommend uh, uh 710 2010 at all? I mean the the 15 hardcore crown the empire fans out there will probably mm-hmm. really enjoy it. Remember when yeah, we I, saw them live at Self Help in 2010? Yes. And like I I had heard all of their albums by that point and I recognized But they were riding
0: high off of Retrograde at that point
1: too. I, I don't even think so. Retrograde hadn't even come out yet.
0: So but they were oh well, I'm sorry. They were leading up to it. Like singles had come out right. at, at that point. Yeah.
1: And it was it was like I didn't recognize a single song, maybe, maybe, maybe one possibly. Mm. But yeah, that was the weirdest set. I really fucking hate when that happens. <laughs> it's not going to show.
0: Mm. Yeah. And you have. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm I'm true. from the half album that I listened to. I, I figured that there be there, there's an audience for this. And, you know, because album releases are so uh scarce these days. I figure this might be a fun little thing, mm-hmm. especially if you're a fan of the band. Right. If you're a huge fan of the band, some of these songs like, you know, yes. it, it is and it is cool that some of these songs are really really reimagined uh, and they sound, they sound completely different from the original. Right. The Johnny Ringo song sounds nothing like the original. Yeah, so I forget which
1: is the original. There's either Johnny's Revenge or there's one other Johnny song from one of their albums, but I could get out of go here, Johnny. Jesus, What are you doing you know, here? It it gets pretty pretty creepy in those old albums. So he's kind of an
0: asshole. <laughs> uh, I was also recommended uh, this past week. Also came out on July 10th. Uh, a supergroup of sorts. Uh, they, are, they they go by the name of If 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 I Die First. Now this is a band that's fronted by uh, emo rap artist Little Lotus, or as I like to call him, like the the ugliest man in the scene. Mm. um adam i think you're familiar with him as well like dave recommended some of his singles to us like he showed us mm. like in a little in our little group chat thing and oh then, that's uh, right yes yeah he's another he's, soundcloud rapper he's a little soundcloud he's I mean, he's like making a name for himself so he's like mm. he's getting pretty big he's 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 he looks like if kylo ren got mm. hit in the face with an ugly truck yeah. <laughs> yes uh and, and then like that's imprinted the, with facebook Bunch of face tattoos.
1: Yes. That's the exact description you gave uh, when we first checked out that. that yeah. I think However, I, I watched that video I, and that yeah. was, that's been my extent of.
0: Yeah. That's your, that's your whole exposure to little Liz, but you know, like I said, he is making a name for himself. He is kind of, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's his, his stars, his star is growing uh, and I got him. He's got a voice of an angel. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's a pretty, he's a pretty great singer. So he is one of the, one of the two singers, in this band if i die first uh travis richter from from first to last is one of the guitarists as well and i saw travis richter tweeting about this at some point follow the skinny with mic inanimate the twitter pod over on twitter Uh, and then you can you know so i was made familiar with this band but i had had no interest in uh listening to it until a friend of the show, show daniel uh recommended that i go check out the lead single single uh which is called like it, when needles meet lovers, or some <laughs> pretentious horseshit, uh, and like it sounds like 2010 to 2012 screamo. Mm, mm. So, and I, so I checked out the entire EP. It's like five tracks long. Uh, if you're looking for that throwback screamo sound, mm. this is exactly what you want to be listening to right Interesting. now. Okay, yeah, and it's funny to me that like a prominent emo rapper is kind of making waves now in like throwback screamo music. So I wonder if Hmm. like, if that music is going to come back to the forefront, if it's going to be the emo rappers who are going to be the ones to bring it back. So is he kind of doing clean vocals?
1: Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: Just straight up clean vocals. Like no, there's like any, there's hardly anything that you could probably make to sound like hip hop. I guess it it would be, um, I'm sorry, it's six tracks long, not five. Uh, uh, and, but it, it, so with that being said, I didn't really, objectively speaking, like cr- put, putting on like my critical cap. Like this isn't a great album because it just mm. sounds like it's been done hundreds of times. Mm. But however, if this is your first exposure to like Screamer music, because maybe you're a fan of Little Lotus. Uh, and uh, and you know you're checking out some of the projects that he's into. This might be worth checking out if you're maybe want to hear something that maybe he was inspired by, that maybe maybe wanted him, that maybe caused him to want to be a musician at some point. And what is the name of this project again? Uh, if I Die First, the EP is called My Poison Arms, Ooh. and the lead single is called Where Needles and Lovers Collide. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's a great song. Uh, 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 a, the song is perfectly fine. <laughs> it's, it sounds it's, like it's a Black Veil Bride song. That's all.
2: I, I, it I does, doesn't it? Knowledge. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, but, um, if I die first sounds like a Black Veil Brides uh, album, right? <laughs> if I die first, follow me. <laughs> follow me into my grave. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> And there's a song here called. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> there's a song here called Six Foot Dugout Hole." Oh, I wonder what yeah. that means. Vaginas, Adam.
2: Vaginas. <laughs> uh,
0: no, but uh, but uh, I'm you know, making jokes here. But like, it, it. I think it is worth listening to if like you're really craving that old school screamo mm. sound from like 2010, 2012. Okay. Uh, to me, like I like I've heard this hundreds of times. Like literally dozens of bands could have written this album, and. Mm. You know, if it wasn't a super group of sorts, you know, I would have been like, "Oh, okay, whatever." Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, but it, 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 to me, the the more interesting conversation to be had with this album is the fact that an emo rapper, and it, it seems like emo rappers in general, because um, what's his face, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, is also kind of going in a throwback pop punk style as well. So like, it just seems like as a collective, these emo rappers seem to be going in a more rock. Like they're 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 kind of leading the way in making rock music popular again. Because even look at uh, someone we follow, like uh, with the uh, Nothing Nowhere, with the uh, Bloodlust. That was a that was a pretty heavy album. You know, all things considered, for him. That's true. You know? I don't know how popular he's
1: getting, but. I guess, pretty popular. If you got, yeah, Travis I mean,
0: Barker. he's on, yeah, he's, he's on fueled by ramen and, and, and mm. speaking of Travis Barker, like, like I said, with machine gun Kelly, he's been collaborating with other emo rappers like machine gun Kelly. And like, mm. there's another one I like it's a young blood, I think like, and he's also been going in like a emo pop rock uh, direction as well. So mm. it seems like this music is coming back, but not in the way that we suspect it. Like, it seems like emo rappers are the ones leading the charge with this. So it'll be interesting going forward to seeing what what happens to the scene they got those Pandora downloads man I mean you can't they fight you you can't fight those numbers so
1: just yeah. they they're gonna do whatever they want and we should probably just hop along and go for the ride until it fizzles out in five years yeah. but,
0: and one thing that these emo rappers are doing is that they're embracing the, the the way that the music industry is changing they're releasing big singles instead of big albums and because of the nature of how it's going to sound mean, but how simple their music is to make, they're able to pump out these big singles mm-hmm. in a much, in a much more um, efficient way than the, than the two album or the two year album cycle that uh, most bands seem to do. So right. yeah, it's, it, I, I think this is the beginning, like this, this album, while I didn't like super enjoy it, it made me th- realize that this is probably the direction that the scene is going to go in moving forward. Briefly. And, and then it'll and, quickly come back. Right, yeah, and then, uh, and then, and then, it'll be a throwback to a throwback to when (laughs) bands are going to meet the leaders. Yeah, right. (laughs) So yeah, so I mean, if you're if you're interested in kind of seeing like what the new wave of screamo and emo is, like, maybe go check this out. And I think a lot of people out there will enjoy it. I'm on my way. Get get this new music shit out of here. Adam. I'm done talking about new music. Let's talk about music from the 70s, man. I know, me and Mike, we, I mean, this is this is going to be the boomer episode from here. Okay, on. boomer.
1: I mean, a, a little Gen X towards the end, but uh, we, Yeah. Hold
0: on. Boomer right here
2: mm-hmm
1: <sighs> okay so, so the
0: final album from the doors i mean the final proper album right part doors. of is now wanting
1: to listen to these two follow-up albums that, mm. that came out in, uh later after mr morris and you but, and you said you had never listened to them no no but they're right here on my on my my amazon app so i'm like what's oh, stopping you right baby there. I never even knew they were there. You were the one that told me they were there. Oh, <laughs> so like nobody's talked about these, the, the band pretty much <laughs> forgot that they existed. They, I was reading that they, they didn't even want to like reissue them on CD in, in the nineties at all. Cause they had just kind of moved on.
0: And then, yeah, finally... I don't think there's any like big singles off of them either.
1: No. The, the second one without Jim has mm-hmm. like a single that was kind of big. It went to okay. like number 30 or something like that in 1973, I believe it was. Um, but that full was a, uh, yeah, full circle. A okay. track called the mosquito I was reading about. Ah. But, um, other than that, like the band was pretty much burying this. They've, I think they thought they were done until like, it was like 2015 where they were like, okay, let's, let's finally put these out on CD.
0: Well, when people <laughs> do think of the doors, like the, the, the image that comes to mind is Jim Morrison. He is right. the face of the band. Right. He is like the, he is one of the first prominent examples of a front man. Of a I band.
1: Was totally thinking that because you had like your Elvis Presley in the mm-hmm. mid fifties.
0: And then you like had Who, to Beatles. be fair as a solo artist, right? Yeah.
1: And then you had like your Beatles, who didn't really have, like, a set front man. Yeah, and I'm the Beatles
0: is, of, is kind of, like, interesting in that their, their stardom is very similar to where, to where, like, boy bands were in the 90s, where, like, everybody had their favorite Beatle. Right. <laughs> and then people,
1: like, then the doors come out with completely different sounding everything with, like, this, you know, you put the lead singer in the forefront. Um, I don't think they expected it to take off the way they did, but I was trying to think, like, who else prior to that in a band was like put out there. Maybe, maybe Mick Jagger in the sixties is the
0: only other like front man. Yeah, good point. Yeah. You're, you're probably right about that. Right. Uh, also, he, were, Ozzy Osbourne too with uh, in black Sabbath. Well, he was until that was until the seventies though. Right. Oh yes. Yeah, his post this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was like 73 or something was their first album. So I was trying to think like in 1967, who like the, the, the notion of a, like iconic frontman, man yeah, was the face of the, of the band man. yeah so yeah that's why i think uh, like my 17 year old brain like kind of aligned with this like you know I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where to go with life and i i can only do that by listening to music so mm-hmm. here's here's the artist i need to kind of Attach myself to. <laughs> like, oh, interesting. Okay. So I guess um, I'm going to die at age 27 too. That was the plan. I mean, <laughs> I, was, I, I, I wasn't planning on going too much further than that. And who needs to live <laughs> beyond that? Um, I guess maybe you could throw in like a Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Their first sure. album was in 67, but I don't think it, it was nearly the same
0: so uh, but he was yeah, also i mean I, I don't kid. think of robert plant when i think of zeppelin but i've also never been like a huge zeppelin Zepp, zeppelin fan mm-hmm. so maybe i'm just wrong on that one
1: and i couldn't even tell you who the lead singer of like pink floyd is like some guy named roger i think i'm, I'm not even sure his, his name <laughs> is peter floyd there you go
0: peter <laughs> <Pinky> <laughs> floyd <laughs> but anyway anyway so with uh la woman la woman yes. uh before we move on, we do want to do a track by track, right? That's my, that's my, okay, cool. So we'll go, we'll go track by track on these. I got to say firsthand going into this, uh, you know, of course I'm familiar with the songs. Writer is on the storm. Uh, love her madly LA woman. Of course. Uh, uh, I don't think I've ever heard like LA woman, like in full, the full seven minute, 49 second version of it. But, uh, Oh yeah, it's, it's the longest track on this album. Uh, and, uh, so, you know i was familiar with those but going into this i was not i was not prepared with how unhinged jim morrison's vocals are on this album and it seems like this is the most aggressive he's mm-hmm. ever been uh this is the most kind of um deep and kind of growly his voice ever mm-hmm. got on an album and he That's just weird. And it maintains this for like 10 tracks too. It's
1: pretty intense.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I I think,
1: I mean, not only was the the alcohol playing a role in changing, you know, what was going on inside of him, but Mm -hmm. they also wanted to go with a more uh, gritty kind of sound. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when they started working on the demos from what I read, they are like, okay, this is what's coming out. And they, they, the, the producer that they had worked with, Paul Rothschild, was finally like decided to leave the band before it killed them all because mm-hmm. he was he was highly critical of the early demos of like love for madly and la woman and writers on the storm and he told them like oh this is cocktail music that was his exact cocktail movie. music <laughs> <laughs> and he said that he, he said that to get to get them to work harder um but i think after you know four, however many years, four or five years of working together. uh, I think the band had pretty much like (laughs) grown tired of, of him trying to motivate them through, Mm -hmm. uh, through negative reinforcement. So they were just like, that's it. You're out. And it
0: sounds like he's acting like a drill sergeant at this point.
1: (laughs) Very much so. I mean, without him, yes, I don't think the soft parade album would have ever gotten done and everybody Mm -hmm. would have, would have died, uh, during that whole process. But, <laughs> um, so they brought in their, their, like, I guess the recording engineer or somebody like that, Bruce Botnick. So mm-hmm. he kind of took over as production guy on this album and backed off and the band found a new place to record, which sounded like a much better environment. It's like basically in a freaking apartment building on sunset or Santa Monica Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a whole different vibe that kind of worked out. And the oh my vibe. god, they, they brought in Elvis Presley's bass player on this album. Whoa. I don't know if that's dope. Is. So, um, like, this is this is definitely like I just realized this week that <laughs> because of this album is why I like bass so much because of how it sounds on this album. Like, yeah, the bass <laughs> on mean... this is
0: very prominent, as you're gonna yeah. hear. Uh, when we do our track by track. And I always just assumed
1: that was uh, Ray Manzarek's left hand because for the early album, <laughs> when they don't have a bass player like he's, mm-hmm. he's playing bass organ. So I just kind of assumed that that's what they were kind of still doing. But luckily, with the power of the Internet, I learned all sorts of things. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Internet. Yes. You're not just a place for, for, for propaganda and and, and conspiracy theories and, exactly. and coronavirus is caused by 5G and so so to look back on this album being like the very first like
1: album album that like sparked me into wanting to embrace an entire band and then be like holy shit, i didn't even realize how prominent the bass was and how that influenced me on such a subconscious level with where i would go with most music it was like it it was it was pretty eye-opening this week to to relive that yeah so um so are you
0: all set up with your uh, music setup right now you want to go ahead and jump on in
1: I believe I am let me log back into elf
2: telephono
0: okay once you're ready we can go ahead and get started we're gonna get started now with uh, the first track and uh are you all are you all set I'm ready okay so this is the changeling and already there's that bass that you're there's that bass that you're uh, talking mm. about and yes. uh, already. A completely different tone from the rest of, from the rest of the discography. We're already going, we're already going like a little bit more upbeat. Mm-hmm. We're already going like in, in, in another slightly different direction from the previous albums. And this just seemed to me like a greatest hits album,
2: mm,
0: all in one album. This is <laughs> you know it, they're doing blues stuff, they're doing psychedelic mm-hmm. stuff, they're doing like alternative rock, they're doing like like almost like some in some in some instances like some lounge stuff mm, it just and then layer all that with like Jim Morrison's super aggressive voice mm-hmm. in this part in this album right. it's it's so unique to the rest of their discography that like this one really stood out and this this album was recorded pretty quickly like within within a
1: week so a, a lot of it was done on like first take kind of stuff Wow and they That's just pretty kinda good. did some overdubs but um yeah i can every time i hear this song i'm just i'm right back in my 1990 honda civic like putting on this this album for the first time driving through riverside and just being like wow i've i've never heard a the doors sound like this b much of anything else to that point like just the initial bass riff at the beginning and I was just like oh I am probably not going to like this this is terrible um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like wait a minute this is still like Jim Morrison okay I have to like think about this and go a little deep with this and then from there it starts to change you as understanding how artists can also change through their yeah. music I was like this doesn't this doesn't sound like LA Woman and Riders on the Storm
0: and uh, and
1: other hits from this album
0: but yeah, like, this is very Whoa. different than, um, like, for example, uh, I talked a little bit about Morrison Hotel on last week, how some of the songs ca- sounded like a little samey, uh, and they just kind of bled together a little bit. That's not true at all of L.A. Woman. Each song has its own unique identity. Um, but still, interestingly enough, they, and I think it's because of Jim's vocals, they, they still distinctly sound like something the Doors would do. Right. So, and because you're so familiar with this band, and this band means a lot to you. I'm gonna let you kind of take the lead on, yeah. uh, uh, you know, a lot of like this band's like trivia and, you know, yes. and what song meetings are. Right. Since you're so much, you're you're so much more familiar with uh, with this band than I am. Cool.
1: Well, this was. You know, after him going through all these years of becoming the pop star that he did, all of the legal proceedings that were still hanging over him, how the media had basically, you know, killed him, torn apart everything uh, that he wanted to 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 do with himself as a as an artist, um, it made sense that he'd be writing a song about wanting to make a change, and uh, just uh, it. it, it it's a good summarization
0: right there. Um,
1: did you get a chance to watch that documentary first?
0: No, I'm going to watch it uh, this weekend. So as okay. of this recording, when it comes out, like I would have I watched it by then. Okay. And cool. So I'm going to watch that, and then later in the week, I'm going to watch the, uh, the Val Cummer movie as well. Okay, cool. So, yeah, that, that'll, that'll take you in a weird, interesting direction. <laughs> cool. So... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so pretty good. As, as far as, like, the album goes, this is a pretty good intro, kind of good way to kind yeah. of lead you into what what's to expect yes. for the preceding nine tracks. Speaking of which, let's go on to track two, Love Her Madly. Now This That's is a song right. that I think we we all we all should be familiar with. This is a big hit for The Doors. Oh, yeah.
1: How can that iconic opening opening chord progression right here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got some of that bass. boom, 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 boom. boom.
2: I don't know if I'm on the same time, but, <laughs> but that, I'll
1: fix it that in post. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think I heard this song in Forrest Gump. That's right, it is in Forrest and Gump. Yeah, then heard it on this album, and I was just, you know, I'd already embraced Forrest Gump as the masterpiece that it is, and then I was like, oh, Suck I, it, Dave. Yeah, this was always, <laughs> was always one of my favorite Doors songs, uh, just from from that, um, and just like. I don't know like so different again very bluesy very again bass driven but still that that Robbie Krieger guitar Rob this is a Robbie song he wrote this one right. um, this is one that Paul Rothschild thought
0: was uh, never gonna make it as a hit <laughs> which is interesting enough because I, I feel like this is the most accessible song on this album mm-hmm. Like, Riders on the Storm, as big as it is, that's a Mm -hmm. weird song, dude. That goes in places, yes. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, Love Her Manly just seems like the most kind of straightforward. Mm -hmm. This could be on pop or classic rock or, you know, what what, what, probably would have been rock radio back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, FM FM. radio. Yeah. (laughs) Ooh, that FM. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So
1: I, I always liked this song. I know I had heard it many years before. I saw it in Forrest Gump, but just yeah. that, just that guitar work right there. And I, I never heard the bass, never heard the bass until many years later.
0: Yeah, this album in particular, like maybe because they are actually using an actual bass and not a bass keyboard or, mm-hmm. or, or a bass organ, like you like you were talking about. Like it mm-hmm. really, like bass really pops out. And I don't know if I'm listening to like a remastered version or if this is just like some, um, the, one, one, like the original, uh, the original. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go with full recording because at nice. least the version I got is uh, it sounds just as good as it did on that cassette
0: tape I had back Ooh, in the day. So.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: so yeah, "Lover Madly," we all know it, we all love it. There's not really much to say about it. It's it's great. It's this is a great song to complement the Changeling as well. Yes. Uh, shall we move on then? Let's go on to track three. Track three. This is, uh been down so long. God damn, long. No.
2: Damn,
0: hear those vocals, baby
1: So this was definitely my first introduction to anything Mm bluesy In 1997 I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't, again, I don't think I'm gonna like this (laughs) 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 This isn't, you know, my, my greatest hits, Doors, stuff Um But yeah, I mean, I I always had to remember that the band was heavily influenced by the blues before they even became a band Mm -hmm. and listening to stuff like this. And I mean, even throwing stuff on the previous albums that were heavily um, blues-related. Backdoor Man from the first album.
0: Yep, great song. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's a cover song. But
2: this
1: was not a cover song. This is pretty cool.
0: And the juxtaposition between the aggressive morrison vocals with like that kind of soft blues kind of flow there it just kind of like when i heard it for the first couple of times it gave me chills dude mm-hmm. man and then you got that guitar just like kind of showing up out of nowhere every so often mm-hmm. a couple of little overdubs here and there it's kind of yeah just complimenting jim's voice jim would mm-hmm. say something then the guitar would come in as if to answer him it's like oh mm-hmm. it's so good mm-hmm Definitely. oh you can hear like a little break in his voice too like right there like oh I love that kind of raw production sometimes like every now and then you can tell like mm-hmm. like like they wanted to leave that in because it kind of expresses the emotion that's going on in the, in the lyrics Oh so good and I had never heard this song before too no no definitely
1: got a little jangly uh, guitar uh, solo right there hmm it's always good. So, that's kind of a that's kind of a blues staple, you know. Yeah. So that's where it just like follows that same blues kind of format, and uh, yeah, I mean for for a bunch of guys like us that never got into the blues so much, you know, this, this could be something that we weren't so into. But, uh...
0: You know, I think listening to um, Bruce a few a couple months ago mm, kind of yeah. really opened up my. Uh, perceptions of how good like this type of music can be even like to this day and how and how well so a lot of it like still holds up hmm. so I don't know if I would have swapped it if this song would have hit me as hard you know hmm. so I, I wonder if it, it just kind of worked out for the best that I listened to Bruce first because he does have like some bluesy right. tracks as well well in that one you got like 17 different musicians going on <laughs> yeah that's true
2: that's much more And this is, down. So,
0: yeah, is this stripped down but it's still just as effective though and i and 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 and, and, there, and there's those moments like i like i mentioned like when you can hear jim's voice breaking a little bit and you can hear like how, how hard he's straining yeah. to, to hit to hit that really aggressive note and just feels good
1: and he was definitely in a better place when they recorded this album they said that he mm-hmm. was like not drinking like crazy and the band
0: was having a good time and the recording was better did you did you know this little bit of trivia that that Jim Morrison go on to die three months after this album came out? I don't <sighs> know if you were aware of that. I know. I know. He was doing so well. He was uh,
1: he was on a good path. Mm. Um, I mean, and basically, I think, and to some degree, he knew.
0: Mm. And it's it's so kind of like almost poetic that this would be their final album because it mm-hmm. does, like I said, it does feel like an amalgamation of everything that makes this band great it's Jim's vocals at their hmm. it, it, would you say it's at his at best or is I think it just, so. it's just different
1: it's like when you when you listen to it and you're just like oh man he, he could have just been drunk the entire time and just roll through the whole thing but then when you, you know what, like I, no he wasn't drinking through all this he was like going for that sound mm.
0: that's yeah the- cause I, was about, I was gonna say like I do love me some like Jim crooning but he does crooning. that in Riders of the Storm so I'm like okay I think then it is safe to say that this is Jim at his best as well. So we should let this song like play. There's only like 20 seconds left. Here. Yeah, very good. Love that really? outro
1: too. So you got like your up-tempo blues hit right there. That was actually a single. Uh, single. Holy crap. Yeah, it was. Yeah,
0: Track four now leading into Cars Hiss by My Window. One of the weirder songs on this one. So this one
1: has... An interesting story that I read that he he wrote this about um, a, a, after after a fight with his girlfriend. You know, mm. all all 24 years old that she was, and uh, so mature. You know, these it, kids. It was, it was basically just like a, a a snapshot of the moments after a fight when you're when you're in a hot apartment with a hot chick where you just had a hot fight. <laughs> so like that, that, that's the, that's the description Ray Manzarek gave it. Um, yeah. He was living in Venice beach in a hot room with a hot girlfriend and an open window and a bad time. <laughs> and then he says, it could have been about his girlfriend, Pamela Corson <laughs> <laughs> could have been I don't and know. All, like, all of the lyrics point to that. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: so uh, like I, I, it was never like one of my favorite tracks, but I, I liked having that visualization about it. And I mean, that's, that's the, I guess the cool thing about old blues stuff as well is that it's still painted a picture of shitty times within real life. on mm-hmm. la Brian Fallon. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, but this is just, uh, the, that, that, earlier version of it. And then you, you got some of that crawling guitar work with the bass work in there. And, uh,
0: yeah definitely paints a very picturesque picture of what's go of what's going on in the lyrics in the, in the lyricism and definitely sets the mood and really puts you in that in that uh, setting and it's a it's a it's a very effective song in that in that sense
1: i know i read that they wrote or they recorded been down so long this one and crawling king snake all in the same day like well the, the last day of recording was when they recorded all three of those ones.
0: Well, this definitely has like a winding down type of vibe, too. You know, mm-hmm. this could have just as easily been like the last song on this album if they hadn't have written The Incredible Writers on the Storm. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: yeah. It would have been interesting if they had swapped this with LA Woman since it's like it, it brings you down where LA Woman it brings you up to the end side A. Yeah. But, um,
0: do we want to move on then to, to yeah, LA, yeah, Woman? L.A. Woman? L.A. Woman. Let's talk about that. So this is track five, L.A. Woman. Like Adam said on the original version, this is the end of side A. Seven minutes, 54 seconds. The longest wow. uh, track on this full LP. I I never really
1: realized how long this song was.
0: It's got a jam. <laughs> I mean, like a lot of this, – this is the band's longest album as well. It's, it's almost oh, 50 yeah. minutes long. Man. And um, what do you call it? Like, I think part of the reason is that because there's so much – Like what seems like improvised jam sessions in a lot of Mm -hmm. these songs. This song in particular has like a really long, like kind of jammy kind of solo going on.
1: So if you wanted to find out, if we if we thought LA was shitty now, this song was writing about how shitty it was in 1970. Jim knew, dude. Jim knew. (laughs) I mean, it was always a. A song that I wouldn't listen to on my tape just because I had heard it so much on the radio and I didn't uh, feel like I needed to hear it anymore so I would just fast forward and, and go over to side B mm-hmm. uh, but then like as years went by I started to appreciate it quite a bit more for what it was and uh, why, why did you skip it? Just because you've heard it so many times? Yeah or? because it was it, it was never one of my favorite Dora songs and I had heard it numerous numerous times even before I bought this this tape. So, and it, it was never, I don't know, it didn't strike me in the same way back then. Hmm. And I was just like, oh, it's cool, whatever, you know, LA, woman, fine. Um, you know, <laughs> I think, again, 17. 39, it's like, oh, I'm like understanding it on a more worldly perspective yeah yeah. Uh, now and and hearing like I, I don't know why I can ever skip over any instrumentation by this band you got like a little Raymond Zarek uh, organ
0: solo going on here during the first verse <laughs>
2: oh yeah that,
0: that's what that's what helps make this uh, even this album as a whole just sounds so kind of raw and like untouched it's because mm-hmm. they just left this they just let the songs. Kind of speak for themselves and let the songs kind of play out in the imp- almost improvisational way that it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's why this song is as long as it was, but
1: I don't think I, I wish it doesn't feel it though, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel its length. I never thought it was seven and a half minutes or almost eight minutes. Um, but I really wonder, like, if you could go back to 1971 and hear the song for the first time. Like how how jarring and mind altering this bridge is, because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's so not not a pop bridge, and it's just like it's just like it's brought back down and then brought back up. And I know they've been able to do cool stuff like that before, but especially for a song that was definitely played on the radio, um, like I don't know, I, I bet I bet that that kind of blew people's minds at the time.
0: <laughs> this this is definitely a song to me that. Feels like it was written to be played live. Uh, mm-hmm. this, this, this definitely has like a like we're trying to mess with the crowd mm-hmm. in a way. Like it's like all right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna bring it up super super up tempo over here, and then we're gonna bring it down over here, and then we're gonna right. then we're gonna do some things over here, and then like Jim's gonna dance, and then you know <laughs> you know it,
1: to, it, to Densmore riding the the ride symbol there on this <laughs> second verse, like that's that's whole that's that's out of nowhere too.
0: Yeah. Like, this song is just all over the place, but not in a bad way. Like, it it still kind of comes together, and I think the bass is what's doing it. Mm -hmm. I think the bass is what's kind of holding this song uh, together. And I think Densmore even said that, like, having such a gifted
1: bass player in there was great for him, because he would kind of slow down Ray, because Ray would start getting going really, really fast, and Densmore Mm -hmm. would be trying to keep up with him. And so, having like a smooth, steady bass presence there, like made it that much easier.
0: <laughs> so, nice, yeah. There's, so, there's a lot of stories behind this. Yeah, I, I can imagine too. And you know, this is just one of those songs where, like, it could have just as easily gone out of control. Uh, but, uh, but I think because of the talent in place, this does feel like, oh, here's it slowing down right now, Ooh, baby. So good, and because like the and because of all the talent in place. It 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 it, I, I, this is almost a lightning in a bottle type type of song. I feel like Right. this could have just as easily been the final track on this album. We got it right here in the middle. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I know I know it's significant because we have to we have in, in the in the olden days we had to flip the LP over after this. But, uh, right. but <laughs> this could have just as easily been track ten, and and I, I would have been satisfied.
1: And some people probably never even flipped over to the B side.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, what? There's a, there's a whole other side. <laughs> Writers on the what? <laughs> and then you got your your, your Mr. Mojo Razzin, which uh
1: just a uh, nice little anagram for uh, Mr. Jim Morrison there. There it is, yeah, it is. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I, did, I, I had to I had to I had to read that in order to catch right. that. I just I, not, you know <laughs> I just thought Jim was being weird. I didn't find that out until many years later after listening to this song. Yeah, I was like right. oh so, that makes
0: sense. <laughs> uh, shall we move on now to side I B? Have, let's just it. stop. We'll just, we'll just pause real quick before we
1: bring in uh, L'America. Um, okay. So I'll tell my, my psychedelic story. Okay, sure. You know, I'll, I'll continue the song then.
0: Um,
1: so, yes, my, my one and only so far experience with psychedelics.
0: Ah, uh, that's right. we
1: got to <laughs> go back to this. Okay, cool. My, uh, my, my, my good friend uh, was nice enough during the, uh, the coming up phase of that experience to just randomly out of nowhere, after we had been listening to uh, – just random, like YouTube sounds, like just weird robot y kinds of things that take mine in lots of different directions. He just mm-hmm. randomly put on side B of LA Woman. Um, and that doesn't sound randomly, that sounds <laughs> deliberate. I, you know, the more I put the pieces together, there's a lot of connections, but I, I, mm. I can't go into everything right now. Okay. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, so just. I, I, I can't explain what feelings are like when you're under that influence except to say that when you listen to music as being a giant music lover as both of we are you've never you just you've never experienced music in the same way as you do when you're under the influence of something like that So all I could say is it feels like the music is this like giant inflatable, I don't know. It's almost like like the in, in, inflatableness of a bouncy house, kind of like absorbing you. So <laughs> when when you go into side B, ha, take that visual okay. of what the music can feel like as you go through these next five tracks, um, if it is at all possible. And um, that, that that's kind of where I was for these. All right. Uh, 30 minutes or so.
0: Um, so this, again, well, like I, I, need I need to kind of take you back to that headspace a little bit. I,
1: I didn't think it would. Like when I listened to this album this week, I was afraid that I wouldn't feel it in the same way, but it was definitely not the same,
0: but it was All still right. kind of there. And I mean, if you, you... are now bleeding into uh, track six, this is America. So go ahead and continue. So
1: if you can, Imagine just laying on a couch with your eyes shut, watching tons of visuals for an hour. And then out of nowhere, you hear that this guitar work. Mm. Mm. That sounds almost scary, you know? Mm. But you know what it is, because I know this album so well. And and you knew what, what A, the doors represented with mind expanding kinds of things you knew that you were doing mind expanding sort of things you knew that they had made their music to enhance mind expanding sort of things and then you hear those first opening riffs of that guitar work and then oh that that little organ right there i'm
0: a little but, i'm a little
1: scared you know <laughs> but you know this song because you've been listening to this album for the last 23 years and you know sure. what
0: and forwards. so it didn't like take it didn't like... Take oh, no. you by surprise.
1: It, 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 it took me in a good surprise sort of way. Of okay. like, I know what this is, and I know what this is all about, and I'm finally like, like,
0: because I would imagine like feeling what I was supposed to be feeling. Yeah, so I can imagine, and keep in mind, this is from someone who's never done like psychedelics or mind altering, uh, mind enhancements. Like this intro to mm-hmm. the untrained ear, and to somebody um, who who might be going. To a different plane of existence In their mind
2: mm-hmm.
0: Probably freaking the fuck out
1: <laughs> Hey this was always One of my favorite songs from the doors oh, yeah. And I, that's this why is a great song, I, I knew when it was coming in Exactly what it was And like I said I, I knew where the doors were Trying to take me for all those years Of listening to them mm-hmm. um, But then finally Being there yeah. And experiencing it was it took it just took you to that next level and uh I just I just played the entire song throughout my entire and and throughout my head and feeling these waves of floating and falling and you know every single every single key of instrument was just like you could feel it like you were falling down and then you were coming back up and falling down again in like the safest sort of way oh Got that, that that second verse,
0: yeah. The way it drops out like that, ooh,
1: so good. And you knew, you knew, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. There was nothing to be fearful of, and even like that scary little organ in the background there, I was just like, like I, I like they did this to I- invoke a feeling, mm-hmm. and it was like frightening and safe and exciting all at the same time. Oh, I was dude. just like, yes, give me more, give me more.
0: It's funny cause like that was able to like invoke. Uh, maybe not, you know. Of course, not as intense as probably you were experiencing it at the time, but like, I was able to feel that, just you know, completely sober, mm. and, and you know, just wow, listening man. to it like on my own, and mm-hmm. while I was doing like house chores with my earbuds in, or while I was at work, and I was like, oh, I gotta stop what I'm doing and like, <laughs> fucking take this in, dude. This is,
2: this is fucked. Yes.
1: <laughs> and then even throw a little poppy kind of bridge right there. It's almost mm-hmm. like to say, like, oh, we were just messing with you. It's fine. Like, you know, everything's <laughs> everything's fresh and, 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 and calm. You're you're safe. And then you go into this little like bridge outro thing here. And you're yeah, like, oh, it's like, oh wait, no, 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 we're not, dude. <laughs> yeah, but like it, it, like the feeling, all those feelings come in, but underneath it all was just the sense of of excitement, and mm-hmm. like like it just threw me right back into. 1997 through all of 1998 when like this was the only music i was listening to um and it helps me to start like looking at a whole bunch of weird crazy things about that time and how mm-hmm. not exciting and unfun it was but to kind of like make my peace with that in a way and wow. try to move forward and then uh and i knew hyacinth house was coming up next at this point so i know the song's ending
0: Yes, we got about 30 like, seconds left here. It's
1: like Hyacinth House is such a different feel. And I was like, Now how am I gonna experience this song <laughs> in this state? Because <laughs> it's such like a, a, a happy, positive song. I don't know, should we and, move
0: really forward? quick before we move on to Hyacinth House, I want I just want to say like this song invoked a level of intensity with me in the same way that the song My Wild Love from Waiting for the Sun oh, came out. Yes. Uh, so like fuck, one of my favorite mm. Songs. So, anyway, go ahead yeah, continue with your story. story. Yeah. So, now we're on to Heisen's Health, which is the seventh track on this album. And right away, you're just like, oh, well, this is different. Like, okay. Yeah. We're okay now. <laughs> we're out of that hellscape. Right. <laughs> we're Now we're racking we're a safe space. We're okay now. <laughs> like, happy guitars. It's just, a, it's just
1: I know it's a beautiful song about Jim writing about the outside of Robbie Krieger's house. In the in the '70s, and the the big giant beautiful flowers, the hyacinth flowers that are that are mm-hmm. out in front of there, and uh, yeah, that's 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 kind of extent of it. It's just like having a good time at Robbie Krieger's house.
0: Yeah, so it, it had to have been deliberate to put these two songs together, right? Because like, there's no way, <laughs> like. <laughs> Listen, if them listening back put the final word on this album listening to L'America and then put Hyacinth Hall It's right? like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, mm-hmm. just throw them in. No, that, that had to have been right. delivered. It had to have been like, no, we we, we fucked them up mm-hmm. <laughs> with L'America. We gotta we gotta calm them down here with Hyacinth Hall. And it,
1: it's still a song about like like unhappy feelings, Jim in a not the best place, you know, wanting to, to take off, wanting to, you know, find a new friend that doesn't trouble me. Mm-hmm. that kind of thing, and um, yeah, so it's it's kind of based on, ah, Hyacinthus was a beautiful youth and lover of the Greek god Apollo. According to the myth, Apollo accidentally killed Hyacinthus in a discus throwing, discus throwing contest, when the ran to catch Apollo's discus in an effort to impress the god. After the unfortunate death, Apollo refused to let Hades claim the youth. <laughs> Rather from Hyacinth blood, Apollo created the Hyacinth, a plant with a fragrant cluster of flowers.
0: <laughs> you know what? <laughs> that, that matches the Doors' aesthetic very well. <laughs> yeah. there you go. All that shit is like layered into the song.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: So uh, yeah, for a song that sounds so positive and happy,
0: it's got yeah, it's a lot of, of like deeper too. layers into there too. Yeah, and you can you can hear that throughout. You know not just this album but like throughout all the songs of, of the doors uh discography there's always that tinge of darkness mm-hmm. in there there's always something more uh to, you know to the surface level of both the right. musicianship and the lyrics because
1: uh rayman composed the music which references uh chopin's polonaise and a flat major during the
0: organ solo nice wow there was a time in my early 20s when i was like big into chopin Oh, there he I goes. don't know what I don't know what spurred me to check out some of uh, Chopin's like symphonies. But like, I don't know. I was like big into Chopin for a little bit. Interesting.
1: Very
2: interesting.
1: So, OK, so as I'm taking my journey, I'm just like, OK, I'm 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 in a happy place here. And mm. At the same time, I'm reliving everything that A, I, I know about the Doors. B what I know about myself when I was listening to this heavily
0: in my late teens. We are sorry, we have now moved on to track eight, Crawling Kingsnake. Go ahead and continue. Ah God love gotta love these blues right here.
1: Mm. Now if you're in a scary sort of place, which I which I was fearful at the time of being frightened by this song, um, it did not provoke any frightening feelings at all. All I did in in that moment was was melt myself into the bass groove and I don't know if you've ever done that before Mike have you ever like physically felt yourself get melted into a bass groove I
0: felt Um, like like... (laughs) chills like intense (laughs) chills before listening to certain bass Mm. bass lines well that was that was where
1: I went and it just kind of I I I did like kind of a a snake movement
0: back and forth Mm.
1: Um, and that's where I went for the full five minutes of this
0: song. This is another trippy ass song. It takes you to differing mm-hmm. places. It kind of ebbs and flows here and there. And whew, what a what a track! Mm-hmm. Now, this is a cover, John Lee Hooker.
2: Oh, okay.
1: I don't know what year it's from. Probably like the forties, nineteen forty-one. Ooh, fuck, man i i believe i've heard snippets of this of, of this original version um it's not as grungy as
0: uh Oh, <laughs> I, I imagine
1: know, not <laughs> version. it's been covered by many many people so maybe i don't know if i've heard the original or somebody else's cover of it oh okay but, um, still i've obviously this is my favorite <laughs>
2: Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So yeah, yes, this,
0: this, this song does like really good, like, like just like with like, um, you know, been down so long and the car hits by my window. Like, there's like, the guitar comes in mm-hmm. at like the opportune moments to try to like almost lull you in 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 in, in a way. And you know, we got the, we got sweet ass solos here that help kind of lengthen the song, but not in a not not in a tiring sort of what sort of way. You know, I was a little skeptical going into this knowing how long this album is especially when compared to other doors albums but oh, right this album does not feel its length at no, all not it at breathes all. right through
1: it's pretty crazy like you don't get bored very yeah much. at least I did <laughs> yeah it's like hyacinth house is probably the, the most low-key song
0: on the surface oh. level it, it yeah. is yeah but when you like listen to it more there's like there's like layers of it that you have to kind of pay attention to and it's like
1: oh Mm.
0: i can listen to this forever yeah
1: so uh you want to go into some more uh some trippy stuff let's do it let's go to track nine let's go to the wasp texas radio and the big beat and i knew by the time i heard of this song back in 97 that i needed to uh start exploring some more doors if you got like all these all these deep cuts that I am gravitating towards. I was like, there's got to be more out there. There's more to this. I can keep on going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This song is one of the coolest things
0: I've ever heard. And it's one of the coolest songs on this whole album, too. Wow. Keep in in mind, this album also has Riders on the Storm. (laughs) The Wasp, one of the coolest fucking songs on this album. Mm.
1: It's I, I, I didn't even know how to take it back back in the 90s and now I can put pieces of it together and see where he was kind of coming from with this and like you almost you almost get like a weird I don't know okay when you're on psychedelics uh, yes. <laughs> continue
0: um, that's what we're here for baby come on continue all,
1: all I did was you know I, uh, my vision was being like at the bottom of the Grand Canyon staring up into the sky while this jim song Morrison,
0: does have like desert vibes doesn't it yes
1: and jim morrison's voice was was flowing across the sky and i could like see it <laughs> i could see his voice <laughs> um over and, and the sky was blue and green at the same time and mm. um yeah that was exactly i was just like this is what i was supposed to see this whole time <laughs> and then and then you throw in like 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 it's almost sounding like almost like a radio DJ like talking and then breaking yeah yeah a song at the same time to tell a story and then taking you back into this crazy psychedelic world um, and then you know just like the the layers of all the music
0: underneath the vocals yeah when it's I, almost I, 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 the song to you, me felt like the vocals came first and then the and then the Musicianship, almost. I know. I know it probably wasn't recorded this way, but it almost feels like the musicianship was there to complement the vocals. Mm, it's almost as if, like, yeah. It's almost as if like Jim went into the vocal booth, like improvising this, and just like, and then and then like the the music came after. Almost. It, it's so right.
1: trippy. It's so confusing because I I can't imagine like just writing this song. It's so. <laughs> it's so not exactly a way a song should be.
0: I mean, yeah, there's like there. there's no structure to it, and it not none traditional like pop sense, like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and it's it's just it just feels like an extended jam session, mm-hmm. but it, it but it works. It's not mm-hmm. like something that's like like oh, this is just like a transition to the final track or whatever. Like it, exactly. it feels like its own thing, and it's taking you on a journey. exactly so that's where like i was Also, i've never done mushrooms and like (laughs) this was able to invoke that within me right (laughs) right right so i was
1: i just had a great time with the visuals right there and then that sounds intense dude slowly realized how did you feel that that? (laughs) oh man like it was beautiful everything was wonderful and it made me want to listen to more music and i can you know talk about sleepwalkers another day i guess but yeah, i was, know that we was gotta, we got really-
0: we got to do the adam
1: sleepwalkers <laughs> on mushrooms review at some point that was the album i listened to after this one but that's another Fuck. story for another day <laughs> the next week oh, folks <laughs> do, 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 do. And then got some drum solo
0: oh that intense i was in a whole other world Woo, baby Okay, so we'll pause it right here then, and we'll come back with the final track, "Writers on the Storm, in After a bit. After I clean up some poopy. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and uh, uh, end out this track-by-track review with "Writers on the Storm, starting now. Uh, this is a song that I'm sure a lot of us are uh, uh, very familiar with. Uh, this yes. is uh, On the album, it's like seven minutes long. Uh, you know on the radio they had like a condensed single version of it but though we're going to talk through uh the original version because you know it's a lot to talk about as 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 you can probably guess with how much we've already gushed over LA Woman already it ends fantastically with writers on the storm probably um a, 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 we we talk a lot about songs that ebb and flow mm. jesus fucking christ this song fucking <laughs> ebb and flows <laughs> It's, uh,
1: yeah, it was always another one back in the day that I would skip over just because I'm like, I've heard this one enough. I don't need to hear Mm. it again. And then you let a few years go by and then you have some life happen to you and you're like, oh, I can kind of understand a little bit more about this song now.
0: A little on the nose with the fact that, you know, the song is playing during a literal rainstorm. But, uh, yes. you know, it is what it is. That, that, that part didn't bother me too much. No, no. They, I know they, they added that in there.
1: I don't think it was really done before, as far as I know.
0: Probably not, yeah. I mean, music production, you know, has gotten, like, a lot better at, at, at this point in, um, you know, in the music industry you know, in the 70s, early 70s. Like, you know, music technology, recording technology has gotten a lot better. So, you know, I guess throw in the fact that we can record a rainstorm and, like, throw in... Like very deliberate, uh, you know, thunder crashes. You know, just you know, don't don't pick
1: up that hitchhiker. Very nope. Be a serial killer. (laughs) They They always are. (laughs) I mean, this was like in the early '70s, so like that whole thing was just barely getting started, and it became oh yeah, such a thing in throughout the '70s of mass murderers and stuff. Mm So, Mm. (laughs) (sighs) but I always knew like this 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 is the the goodbye song. Yeah, it was the last one he was ever gonna
0: do. Um, Technically, the final Doors song. I mean, they would do their, you know, post Jim stuff, but this is like the final, uh, like, and and what like what a cap on the on the career of you know the three and a half year career of uh, Jim Morrison and the Doors, and like to end on this song too is just is such a impactful way to do it. You couldn't like you you would think that they were planning his death almost. You know, it's interesting to look at it that way um,
1: so yeah i mean it's just one of those songs that it lived on into forever it's never gonna stop getting played it's it's hard now all these years later to, to like gush about it because everybody's heard it everybody knows it
0: oh sure yeah but you know in the context of this record though it does it it does end the wreck and such a diverse and captivating and weird album in such a very poetically powerful way i think you know and, and there you know takeaways like the the slight corniness of you know the the the, the actual rainstorm with the deliberate thunderclaps right. uh, in there but like i i, I think it just it, it more adds to the effect and like you said back in 71 like was this really done too much probably not, probably um, not. yeah You're definitely going for a feel mm. It just like adds to the
1: uh, iconicness of it since it's mm. since we've been hearing it for all these years now.
0: Absolutely, Long yeah.
1: Fifty years, holy shit.
0: Yeah, but this is like the first time I've ever like heard the full version. You know, mm. when, when yeah. we all hear, hear like Riders on the Storm, we're, we all are used to hearing it on the radio, right? Uh, you know, the condensed four, version, of it. Four and a
1: half minute version, I think. Yeah, yeah, four thirty-five.
0: Yeah, and.
1: I think they basically, again, just take out the solos. Which the solos, mm-hmm. like, just Which the solos more... really
0: add to the yeah. effect of the song, too.
1: And then you get the, the solo with Ray here, and when he hits that that, that falling, it just keeps going and going. Now, How low can this organ get? Like, Imagining how you're you're experiencing this when you feel like you're in a very safe, tranquil ocean, with the rain
0: falling on you. And then you hear that. And you're just like. It's getting lower. It's getting lower. It's getting lower. Wait, how long is his keyboard? It keeps going. (laughs) It's like, oh man,
1: you know, you know, they did that in like five takes. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. What a fantastic song. Mm. It's going to continue on while we continue uh, finishing up our collective thoughts here. So Adam, what do the doors mean to you? Holy shit. Well, I'm glad that I mean, I wasn't really expecting you to
1: ever take the journey through the Oh album, no, I, right? I I know and,
0: I've said for like a few years that I was going to do this and you know, and every month that would go by that I didn't do this, I always felt super guilty that I was like, well, this is one of your favorite <laughs> bands and like I keep saying I'm going to do this and I never do this, so I'm glad that I finally got to. I mean, and even were, better, like, fuck, these songs are so good, dude. And
1: it was almost like, since this was my first favorite band, we have to just put it that way. Mm-hmm. So I had you know, never experienced anything else in the world like like this. But then so much came from it that mm-hmm. they, they feel, again, super nostalgic, obviously. But in that way, that most things I listened to in the 90s are just full of memories and nostalgia. And uh, like to hear it with new ears and to experience that now if I listen to you experience mm-hmm. it was pretty cool because I had to like tap into where I was back at, at 17 when I was first hearing it and just trying to make sense of it trying to find you know where <laughs> a, a place for going into adulthood it's like if I just find the right band I'm going to figure out how to be an adult <laughs> like, this, you, they'll, they'll, they'll lay it out for me there's something I'm, I'm, I'm missing um, I just need to find that band that will do it for me and then I find out, you know, thirty some or twenty two years later now through a one track on, on Generator by Bad Religion that music can't do that for you. And then I'm like, oh damn it. Okay, so I wasted all this time.
0: <laughs> music means nothing. Okay, I get it. <laughs> so And also yeah. if you're looking if you're looking for like a hero to emulate, uh maybe maybe don't do Jim Morrison. <laughs> I mean, right. like poetic and musical genius, yeah. But like, yeah, maybe not. Maybe don't emulate his life, you know. Maybe not emulate his life, but I don't know. I don't know how. Else Be inspired it... by his music, definitely. Inspired, but yeah. Definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, and there it was... is, and the album just fades off with some rainfall. So that was "La Woman," everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. So this was, you know, this spurred me to get the other albums over the
1: course of the next year. Um, and then in November of 1998 was my first experience meeting Mr. Ray Manzarek Ooh. at a book signing in West L.A., I believe it was. And uh, there I, I posted the picture of me and Ray from that.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, that. privately posted a picture and it was a i gotta say it's adorable picture
1: because <laughs> <laughs> first of all i didn't know my stepmom was taking the photo at that exact second so mm-hmm. I, I wasn't ready for it and like she had already like the lady that was in front of us hadn't brought a camera so like so uh, or no she brought a camera but my stepmom was taking the picture for her so that lady was like was Incredibly excited in that moment, and like giggling and and going nuts, all like starstruck kind of stuff. And she was she was really she was funny. It was it that's was adorable. And she's like five <laughs> years old or whatever, and she's just oh yeah, this is like the biggest movie of my life. So it was like fun to watch that, and then and then like she leaves, and then there's like me, and it's just like hi, I'm Adam. I've I've been listening to the doors for a year and <laughs> you're one of my heroes <laughs> and here's my my book that you wrote for you to sign and thank you oh let's take a picture oh there oh it's over okay i gotta move oh, on it's gone this giant line behind me yeah and... <laughs> yeah
0: you gotta you gotta be prepared at a moment's
1: notice to take a picture whenever right. you're at a book signing so that picture when it got developed hung in my mom's house for, you know, all those years, 20 some odd years until she moved and she gave that photo to me finally. And nice. so it's just always there. Like, there's me awkwardly with Ray Manzarek looking like- Who
0: looks completely different. Yes. I know age, you know, changes you as a person, but like, you know, Ray Manzarek, you know, you know, you you see him on like all the album covers and stuff. He's got like his long, medium length, wavy hair, or mm-hmm. you know, straight, straight wavy hair. And like, you see this picture of him with Adam in 1998. And it's like, Oh, I have I, seen him at whole foods. Exactly. <laughs> this, looks like a this is a, this looks like a dude who drives a Prius at a whole, at a whole mm-hmm. foods. Yeah. And uh, to,
1: to hear him speak, he's got this like super deep baritone, like kind of voice. Nice. You'll hear it in the, in the documentary, but obviously 20 some odd years later, you know, he still sounded like super duper chill. And he was just always, On something in a good way and (laughs) um, so yeah that was so that was 98 so that was 27 years after Jim Morrison dies Mm. you know July 1971 um, you know the the doors release other voices it looks like in uh, October of 1971 and then weird scenes inside the gold mine is kind of a compilation album like greatest hits and then you got full circle in 1972 that is the, the three doors. And basically after that, Ray says, I don't really want to do this anymore. And that's where the band kind of calls it quits. Mm. And it, they, of course, at that time, they weren't the nostalgia act that they became and at that point. They were just like, Oh, the, the doors, whatever. Um, it, it, it would take a couple more decades for that uh, reemergence of them to come back around. So um, 1978 is the American prayer album, which I know I, I had, and I listened to a few times way back when, but it never really struck me as anything to be super excited about. Um, but that's just the, the doors adding music to Jim Morrison's, uh, uh red poetry stuff that mm-hmm. he recorded in 1970. What like, would he have recorded that for? Uh, just cause he wrote like two poetry books during this time of them being the biggest band in the world. Was it some sort of audio book or something or, I mean, yeah, I don't
0: know if audiobooks I, were a thing back then. No,
1: but... I, I mean, whatever an audio book is now, equivalent. he was kind of going for where, yeah, oh, okay. like nobody had done spoken word poetry very often. So he was like doing that at the end of 1970 on his, like, I know they said on his birthday in 1970 was when he recorded that. And uh, then it just kind of got lost in the mix of everything until 78, where the band was just like, hey, we should do some music over this. Remember how that whole Texas radio thing went? Wait, maybe we can try to catch
0: that. Can we day. capture that magic. Yeah, it it,
1: mm. it it didn't for me, obviously, but <laughs> that that's okay. That's okay.
0: Um, and I, I, I mean, I, I think LA Woman is a good place to, to, to end it too. It, it, it probably feels like the, the latter three stuff is just kind of like, I don't know, like maybe cashing in, especially, especially so, especially with the fact that other voices came out the same year that mm-hmm. Jim died. It okay. seems cash grabby. It, it doesn't. Seem-
1: it's I. I think that they already had those songs ready to go. They still mm-hmm. had two more albums with Electra that they owed as mm-hmm. well. So that just kind of makes sense.
0: Also, oh, so it's they, just contract oh, fulfillment. fulfillment the
1: doors have to complete these two albums more. So yeah. let's do it and hopefully we don't have to do it ever again. Please don't sue us. <laughs> so then you got American prayer, 1978, and then their greatest hits album in 1980 was kind of like one more like, Oh, Hey, remember the doors? That, that was a really good band. <laughs> like apparently that album did was really so
0: long things. ago that the doors were a thing. Oh,
1: no, cause by, you know, back then nine years was an eternity. Now it's yeah. just like oh, that, that, you know, Uh, you know, nowadays, Crows wasn't that
0: long ago. Nowadays, March to (laughs) July, 2020 feels like nine years. (laughs) So, um, and then they did "Alive," She cried, which apparently
1: is the live album. So then there's just like live album after live album, after live
2: album Mm -hmm.
1: until the uh, movie comes out in 1991. And by then, like the, the folklore of 20 years have passed of like, Hey, this, 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 this front man who was so crazy on stage, who got arrested on stage, who did crazy things, who died of who knows what. We don't even know if he's put his fingers through his, the fly of his pants and people thought it was his penis. And so like all of that, you know, uh, Oliver Stone kind of took all of that and smushed it all together into this disgusting portrayal of yeah. uh, Jim Morrison in the movie, and like it, it just took off. It was like a whole new generation was was reconnecting with the Doors and like the freaking '60s movement that had had kind of come back at that time. Most of the children out there don't know that, but all the cool teenagers <laughs> in 1991 who were a little bit older than me were all wearing like hippie stuff and tie dye things. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember that briefly, mm-hmm. uh, just seeing like how, how, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how I put it back in the day, but I thought it was like really cool how they were like, like being like, there's like a new wave of hippies in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. And then, um,
1: yeah, I know there was a, the, the box set was somewhere in there as well. So, uh, I, I think that came out around 96, 97. Cause that's what I got. Um, to get that uh whiskey and mystics and men everybody should be checking out that song because it's one of the best songs they've ever done ah. so um yeah then it was just like greatest hits and then more live stuff and then more greatest hits and more live stuff and so they we just were rec- recreating that until um you know, uh, they they got back together early two thousands, uh, two thousand. They,
0: they dug up Jim. They dug up Jim's body. Right, <laughs> were forced like, him to the studio.
1: <laughs> we got Ian Astorbury to be in our band to, to play the lead singer role, and he did his best Jim Morrison impression. And like we were all really excited about it. And then all of a sudden, John Densmore gets uh, tinnitus in his ears and can't play live anymore. Aww, so he has
0: to old age out. man.
1: Yeah, so he has to drop out, and then so Robbie and Ray continue on with Stuart Copeland on drums, which was the show that I went to in 2002, which was absolutely nice. mind blowing. And then John Densmore is like, "Um, guys, you can't use the name The Doors if I'm not in <laughs> on this. So I'm going to go ahead and sue you, and uh, we're going to you know fight it out in court." So eventually, uh, Ray and Robbie, I, apparently that that version went on for quite some time, like till about 2000 six thereabouts.
0: Wow. Um,
1: but they eventually just ended up calling it Manzarek Krieger. Uh, you know, it's
0: to, to a name that uh, rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> <I know.
2: laughs>
1: so that was kind of what they went with. And then, um, and then Skrillex is here in their Wikipedia page for some reason.
0: Oh, cause he has a, he has a, he has a song, um, that samples, uh, it samples a, a, a speech that Jim, or not a speech, but an interview that Jim gave, where he predicted the uh, the advent of uh, electronic music. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, it's very it's a very fast. Like, you should listen. You should look up that song if you get it. It's yeah. it's the song is I don't know the name of it, but it's, um, it's Skrillex featuring The Doors. So oh, you okay. like I think you would actually appreciate it because like the bridge is that whole um, uh, interview. So it's really cool.
1: Nice. So uh, John Densmore and Skrillex uh, created a song. Or no, all three of them created a song with Skrillex, which is probably what you're talking about. The recording mm-hmm. session and song are part of a documentary film uh, called Regeneration that recruited five popular DJs to work with artists from five separate genres and had them record new music. Manzarek and Skrillex had an immediate musical connection. Nice. So he is beat. All he has to do was play the one thing. I listened to it and I said, "Holy shit, that's strong!" <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's a variation on "Milestones" by Miles Davis. And I do, if I do say so myself, it sounds fucking great, hot as hell. The track
0: called "Breaking a Sweat." Was that's a cool the name one. of the song. Yeah, it's EP Bangerang. All right, cool. breaking a sweat. Well, it's all right. Yeah, it, yeah. So it samples a uh, Jim's uh, vocal sample, and then the bridge is him talking about how, like, you know, I can envision like a, a, like a single person with like a bunch of tapes or mm-hmm. like electronics or something. And then like creating like some sort of loops and like music creating, you know, with, with all this setup here. Nice. So like he, in his, in the interview was like one of the first examples of like future music. And wow. and of course it came true. And of course, you know, Skrillex built his career on, mm-hmm. on that, of course. So it's a, it's a fascinating song.
1: Yeah. So, uh, John Densmore sues them in 2003, um, they changed their name to Manzarek Krieger, um, <laughs> or Krieger of the Doors. <laughs> in July 2007, John Densmore said he refused to play with the band unless it was fronted by Eddie Vedder, because Densmore called Vedder was on Morrison's singing level, which is strange because mm. Eddie was pretty involved with Pearl Jam at that time.
2: But mm, yeah,
1: um, the group was dedicated to performing the music of the Doors and Jim Morrison. The band performed all over the world in 2011. And uh, yeah, finally in 2013, Ray Manzarek uh, dies of complications to bile duct cancer, May 20th, 2013, at the age of 74. Holy crap.
0: What a life. I know. And
1: then Robbie Krieger and John Densmore kind of put their their differences behind them by 2016 and did a stand-up to cancer benefit at that time, uh, a celebration for Ray Manzarek. And then they just kind of been coming out of the woodwork here and there when the anniversaries of the albums come around. So, it's,
0: yeah, I mean, those guys never have to work another a single day in the rest of their life, you know? So, I mean, like they've, they've created quite a legacy. They've created a, a you know, a, a band that has influenced probably countless other bands out there, you know, and even like, you know, musical, young musical artists that, you know, that are around today. Like, like, like you just talked about with Skrillex, like he would go on and collaborate with the surviving, some of the surviving members of the doors and create a song that has like samples, Jim's voice. And, you know, so it's, you know, so the doors of, and I'm so glad that, you know, I finally had the time to, you know, absorb these tracks properly, you know, without just kind of being in the background while I'm doing, you know, oh the the new paris album or whatever you know so like i get to you know fully absorb this as if like you know this was the only band around at the moment and and what a fascinating experience you know and very interesting yes especially with the benefit of knowing how legendary this band is and how much they would go on to influence different music of many different genres and um and, and and you know knowing the perspective like man this is fucking three and a half years all this took place and it's like it's fucking crazy It's sound, it's and the way especially with the way that they've evolved their sound in such a short amount of time i know i know, you know and, and you know people them, give I mean, people give bands like fucking bring me the horizon such a hard time for changing their sound like within two years and fucking the doors did it in six albums in like three and a half years right
2: right
1: <laughs> fucked up oh so, yeah, so. Having that be my opening to, to music was like, oh, so artists can change quite a bit over the course of six albums. So this is a good thing. I'd like to yeah. <laughs> like to see where some of these other bands might take me. And yeah, it just kind of took takes off from there.
0: Yeah. Um, so what a fascinating experience this has been. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I finally got to jump in, fully absorb this band. I'm glad I got to, you know, fully absorb one of your favorite bands, something, you know, a band that kind of propelled you into your love of music. You know, you did the same thing with me for Linkin Park. <laughs> Not quite the same legacy, but, you know, <laughs> they ended better than they began on Mike, you know, side. they both had front men that died too young, you know, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So what's next for Mike? If we're going to is next How for me, the... well, I'm in the middle of green day right now. Um, Put the curtain down on the doors. We can
1: always go back and discuss them more into the future.
0: If you can ever somehow convince me to 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 do to do drugs with you, then you know maybe we'll revisit L.A. Woman again. <laughs> I'm thinking Strange Days. I would love to hear that album. Uh, Ooh, shit! On, on
1: that side of things uh, now, but. <laughs> that's just that's just who i am
0: <laughs> well let's uh round out the end of this episode we're going like uh you know we're we're, we're pushing two hours over here so let's uh we, we got we got some more classic albums to talk about so let's talk a bit about something that you know we talked last week everybody in the whole wide world is familiar with this album it's familiar with dookie and adam you've had some experience with dookie just a few minutes ago <laughs> i did <laughs> What a great transition this turned out to be <laughs> um, now we both revisited Dookie this past week. Uh, you know, and it's it's exactly as I remember it
1: okay, that's good to hear because for me yeah. it was you know I, I recognize all the singles, obviously, which I
2: still
0: can enjoy the singles for what they're what they are mm-hmm. um, even as overplayed as they've been throughout the year since nineteen ninety four. You know, we, we, I could still enjoy me some, some basket case. I'd love me some like Longview. That's a really good, it's oh, yeah. a really good track. That's not always as it's a, it's a huge single for them, but it's not as big as like welcome to paradise or basket case or when I come around and stuff like that. But right. long is a good track. I really like
1: that one. And I, I shared last week how this album was my freshman year of high school, more or yeah. less. Like, and, uh, I, I, didn't listen to the, to the deep cuts cause I wasn't that kind of cool kid at the time.
0: Mm. So it was the type of kid who would, who would buy a, a whole <laughs> album with your friend and just listen to two tracks and move on.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Well, my, my mom bought it for me.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Lest we forget. Yeah. <laughs> but I do
1: remember burnout and having a blast. The first hmm. two tracks, like I was like, oh yeah, I remember these ones. But then the rest of it was, was all new to me pretty much, except for the the, the, the singles. Right. So, Pulling teeth is interesting. And uh, in the end, they've, when they covered Linkin Park, um, <laughs> that was a really good song. I like that one a lot.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, this, this was an album that, because I was already familiar with this, because like I said, everybody's heard this song. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's got its fun, moments here and there you got songs about masturbating you got songs about mm. marijuana you know you got you got songs that are just kind of like cynical in a teenage sort of way of course and uh yeah so this is like this is like a punk staple this is like this a pop punk staple for the 90s for Kind of
1: teenager who wasn't listening to the doors this was their album
0: pretty oh. much yeah <laughs> you know and, and this album did a good job of kind of like i think capturing the teenage spirit of the time that kind that kind of uh middling kind of we don't really know our place in the world so just kind of we're just gonna we're just kind of apathetic just sitting around doing nothing masturbating and well and and imagine
1: imagine how how poignant basket case was for a 14 year old kid
2: oh yeah right
0: (laughs) it's like wow
1: this reminds me of a lot of days of my life right now is this is this a problem should i be
0: worried? or (laughs) speaking of basket case you know i mean i know this is 1994 and like the trans acceptance isn't as uh you know isn't as prominent as it is today. But like, can someone please explain to me the line? I went to a whore. He mm-hmm. said my life's a bore yeah. and so I quit I, my whining. Cause it's bringing her down. I, I learned that Billy court, Billy
1: Corgan, Billy Joe Armstrong <laughs> came out as bisexual right oh. after this album came out.
0: Is that right? I had no that idea. Is
1: right. That is right. So, and he, and he said that he wanted to make it sound like, you know, it, like like almost like you're, you're reliving, you know, what your parents had done in some way. Um, but this isn't your daddy's whore or is it like that was,
2: that was helpful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what an
2: interesting way to put it, <laughs> no
1: idea. Like you, said he's, you know, never been in a relationship with a man, but he's proudly openly bisexual. Like,
0: Oh, oh I had no idea.
1: Interesting. Me neither. me neither. So does that sum it up for you?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it puts it into a brand new perspective. I had no idea. I thought he, I thought it was, I always assumed even back when I first listened to it that it was just kind of making fun of trans people no. I thought like mean, you get it this guy used, he used to be a man now he's a woman it <laughs> was all over that was on kerplunk though
1: <laughs> oh sure yeah that makes sense too yeah. so there was, there was that but um yeah in the early 90s it was uh, not so
0: so uh smiled upon except yeah sure yeah but uh, but yeah, I mean, like as an album, you know, it's 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 perfectly fine. I think it kind of, I think it does like hold up today too, especially if you've never heard the whole thing. Um, I was you know, pretty a, happy to hear it again. Yeah, it it, it was a fun little distraction, and uh, you know, yeah, I I, I, I give it a pass. It's a yeah. perfectly fine album.
1: And, uh, uh, Long Longview was the one, you know, where masturbation's lost lost its fun sitting mm-hmm. around waiting on the phone nobody's calling i was like "Ooh, this is exactly <laughs> me from 94 to 96 <laughs> i forgot how poignant that, those uh those words were for me at the time <laughs> that's right <laughs> now all by myself the 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 closing silly song at the mm-hmm. end um i remember that one from uh when I was driving in a car with uh, my church group and we were driving up to <laughs> <laughs> water wrapping back in 1996 mm-hmm. a car full of like five teenage boys and one of their dads. And, uh, like we put on Dookie, nobody's paying attention to the album. It plays all the way through. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's like a lull in our conversation and everybody's like quiets down. And all of a sudden all by myself comes on. And we were just like, what
0: the fuck is going on? Like, right. So we talked briefly last week about how Trey cool is a mental patient. Yes. Yes. And yes. if this song all by myself <laughs> doesn't reinforce that fact, you know, I, I think you need to reestablish your definition of what a mental patient is.
1: <laughs> so that song became kind of our anthem for that weekend of whitewater rafting. Oh, where how you know, fun. <laughs> of, you know, somebody like came back from the bathroom and like, I was in the bathroom. I was all by myself. <laughs> Just <laughs> like, kept the joke going like for the whole week. Yeah, yeah, yeah how so
0: fun! It was fun to <laughs> yeah that song it, for the first time in all these years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of these songs too, not just that one. It, it does kind of exemplify like that kind of teenage uh, immaturity, and you know, and, and they're fun for what they are. So you know, us men in our thirties, it's fun to <laughs> listen to these and kind of think back on all these like mm. you know the way that we were when we were young it's teens. That. You know, he wrote that hit song from the
1: previous album. Um, by the way, I didn't give Kerplunk very flying colors. By the time I finished, oh it. sure, it was like a three out of twelve.
0: <laughs> I mean that that's fair. It's not a, a it's not objectively like a great album, but you know it has its it has its nostalgic mm-hmm. kind of feel. You know.
1: Yes. So are we moving on to Insomniac, one album at a time, or are you jumping uh, into X three altogether?
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm not. I mean, at least it's short. It's like 32 minutes. Yeah, I recognize the singles off of it, but uh, yeah, it's it's heavy. It's pretty heavy for follow up to a 20 million album sales album. Yeah, compared to Dookie, it is it is quite heavy. I don't think I'm I'm digging it as much as Dookie though.
0: No, as as you can see, for the next three albums, like they're they're kind of, they're it, it would seem like they were on the downturn, mm-hmm. right? Which is why you know going into American Idiot, which I'll be excited to um go into that yes. after the... i'm happy
1: that you're gonna listen to it because i know you you've said if you didn't get it by now you mm-hmm. weren't gonna ever get it and i'm like maybe he'll get it now
0: <laughs> yes i yeah so that's kind of what i'm hoping to because i know american idiot's one of your favorite albums so i want to go into this because I, I i i originally just wanted oh let me just check out american idiot no 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 you're an idiot you should check out the rest of their career because you're not familiar right. with all of their stuff. So I, you have to get the whole perspective I mean, the going The album,
1: into it. The album says it right there in the first line of the song. Mm-hmm. The line, first line of the album is that, you know, you shouldn't be being an American idiot by just listening to this album.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so I want to go into that and then, and then also know the story of mm-hmm. how, you know, they, they were going to write a follow-up to um, Warning, Warning. And then they're just like, you know, this isn't, working we gotta scrap the whole thing right so
1: i'm i'm excited to hear the next three because i've i've never been familiar with it you said you enjoyed warning like that's that's an album
0: warning was my first uh uh, full-length album from uh, green day that i've ever listened to uh as a whole so it's it's nostalgic for me but like there are songs on it that i enjoy like of the song of you know of these middle three albums between their huge their you know their two gigantic hits as a band Um, You know, these, these, they have like their fun moments, but I I think like warning is just the most nostalgic for me because I'm I'm the most familiar with that one, but I I enjoy it for what it is. Okay, cool.
1: So, yeah, I'll talk more about Insomniac next week.
0: Sounds good.
1: Uh, Yeah, I guess. We'll talk about bad religion. Do, you want
0: have, do we have time? Yeah. So I, I was just. So I haven't checked out the albums that you're going to be talking about today, but I okay. did go check out those albums that you recommended from last week. Yeah, man, what a fucking like <laughs> trip. <Yes. laughs> those. Did you check out the EPs or just the three albums? So I checked out the Bad Religion EP. Okay. How could hell get any worse?
2: Yes.
0: I checked out Into the Unknown and then back to the Known. those those, those are the albums that i checked out okay Um, yeah starting with summer
1: into the rest you get like your standard bad religion sound
0: right yeah Um, and like so you know just i I know you talked about them in 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 depth last week but i'll just go ahead and just put a cap on that and say like man like this doesn't sound like the same band at all
1: (laughs) weird bizarre like I don't know. Did, did you listen to How Could Hell Be Any Worse first? Yeah. No, okay. I listened
0: to the Bad Religion EP first.
1: Okay, okay. So you get like the feeling of their really, really old school 80s punk. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, then you go into, into the unknown. And I don't know, like I, I liked it for what it was. I liked the synthesizers a lot.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> loved it i loved into the unknown oh, this was Weird. fucking so great. great yes
1: yes <laughs> like I such
0: just... a shame that they don't like i i mean i don't know i'm going to be checking out this this, this band but like it's just it, it seems like it's such a shame that they just kind of left this mm-hmm. you know in the dust I, they, because they, they got don't... such bad yeah they got such bad feedback on it
1: right and they just they took the punk thing for the next you know i'm on album 10 right now and uh oh shit three through 10 are 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 punk rock all the way Um, i imagine except i'll talk about recipe for hate in a minute but anyway into the unknown yeah I, i will definitely uh say that it is a very good album and check it out if you're uh if you're going through this discography ever
0: yeah you definitely have to like listen you have to be you definitely have to be familiar with their music first in order to get the appreciation of into the unknown because it's it's fucked dude <laughs> it's so cool right like this is the same band it's so it's so interesting but yeah so go ahead what were you what else were you checking out
1: Oh, just i was gonna say it's great that they're starting to bring back songs in the last decade you know
0: yeah it sounds like there's been a new appreciation for uh, that album which is a, great
1: a dichotomy is a really good song and i saw they're playing that one live so that's that, i would go crazy if i heard that song live
0: oh yeah absolutely
1: <laughs> so um i i've Started off with uh, No Control, Against the Grain, Generator, and then Revisiting Recipe for Hate mm. for the first time since the 90s. Since that was, my was your
0: introduction to this band.
1: Yeah, so coming right out of Suffer, which I really enjoyed, um, No Control just kind of picks up right where it left off. I mean, this band at this point is difficult because all the songs are so short and brief. 15 and tracks, like, 26 minutes. Right. And all of them. Like I said, the hooks are in those guitar licks, you know, a lot more than the, than the vocals. So like, that's the stuff that I would be really drawn to. And, uh, and there's a lot of really good songs on this, uh, no control album. It sounds very similar to suffer. Uh, they're, not, mm. they're not breaking away from their sound until we get to recipe for hate, but I'll get there in a minute. Um, so I, I did enjoy that. I gave it like a, a, a 10, 10 out of 15.
0: Nice. So it's like, I could 10 out of on- 15. So like seven minutes worth of like cream he's like no I'm kidding
1: <laughs> well yeah even the bad song like there's a 47 second song here i'm like well it's a song but i'm not gonna i, I didn't it for it.
0: <laughs> there were words in it it's a song <laughs>
1: Then a year later you got your against the grain which is 17 tracks um which just it feels it feels longer even though it's only what thirty five minutes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, this is the one that has uh, one of their mega hits, like Twenty First Century Digital Boy.
1: Right, the original recording. All right, like that apparently that was them like wanting to write a pop song. They've been they've been trying to get a song that was going to actually get some radio play, and that was mm-hmm. it. So it's a cool song. I like the original version just as much as the one that's on Stranger Than Fiction, but we'll get to there another week. Cool. Um, but yes, songs like Get Off, Uh Faith Alone, Operation Rescue is a really good song. Um and yeah, it closes really, really well. I gave this album an eleven out of seventeen. Nice. It's it's tough because you're you're just being bombarded by song after song after song after song.
0: Yeah. And at this point like almost most of the songs like kind of sound the same at this point they really don't like i oh, mean really? it sounds like
1: a punk band it sounds like bad religion without a doubt but i'm you can pick up on all the nuanced differences and i don't know if it's just me not really caring that the punk riffs might sound the same but i don't i don't feel like it gets monotonous and like boring at all Okay. like where where the guitar licks don't have the hooks that's where the vocals seem to have the hooks or vice versa on all these tracks that I really like. And then if you like, if you don't like a track on there, it's over before you know it so <laughs> and-
0: before you can even hit next. It's already over.
1: Yeah. So I, I liked against the grain quite a bit. Cool. And then they released a uh, compilation album from 1980 to 1985 <laughs> <Only> <laughs> songs from not into the unknown <laughs> <laughs> into the what? <laughs> and then generator, is kind of a transitional album it's definitely them wanting to break a little bit away from punk rock but not
0: not really doing it very well so like breaking into what like kind of the pop a little thrill? bit more like
1: yeah like a little bit more accessible but they're still it's still like it's got an edge them. still yeah it's it's still got them it's still too much of a bad religion album for you know 1992 to be like considered any different so you can definitely hear a slight change in sound but not too much and this is the first time i actually recognized a song atomic i've i've heard that one on the radio and it probably was like 103.9 or something like that so that's got a very hooky guitar riff it's got a very hooky chorus um so it's not surprising it would get some radio play but it looks like it was never released as a single
0: oh okay as far as three point nine used to always just kind of like maybe have like a, a hidden hidden gems every now and then, just whoever the DJ was, like, oh, I like this song, I'm gonna throw it in. Right. This is one of those albums where like the first two tracks don't do anything for me, but
1: then the rest of the album I really liked. So um, I gave it an eight out of 11 altogether. Very cool. And yeah, not it, bad. Cool. And then to listen to Recipe for Hate for the first time. Since come oh, full circle now, I know this is so weird. Cause like I listened to it for our greatest hits albums in 2017. I, I, I gave it like a, an eight out of 13 back then, and it's still an eight out of 13, but it was really fun to revisit a lot of that. Um, obviously, you know, when the, when the first track hits, I'm just like, bam, 1996 I, or 95. I'm there <laughs> driving in nice. Chris's Honda Accord and we are driving somewhere. I don't know where, but we're smoking cigarettes <laughs> listening to Refugee for hate. And, you know, 37 minutes later, the album's over. So it wasn't like a full chunk of time. Um, but yeah, this was like, like, obviously my first introduction to them trying to figure out if they were saying these lyrics sarcastically, or if they were actually believing these lyrics, especially like something like American Jesus, because he's talking very pro American pro pro Jesus, poor pro Christianity.
0: He had a, he had a, he had a huge like change in ideology between albums.
1: (laughs) Apparently I learned that Eddie Vedder does the second verse on this song. Eddie Vedder. I never knew that 1993 is Eddie Vedder. Wow. (laughs) So that's like really good Eddie Vedder too. So, um, this is definitely the band going into a more alternative rock slash mainstream sound compared to everything from albums three through six. It's like,
0: oh, is, do you think that's because of the uh, the lyrical content and how they were trying to kind of go in an ironic sort of sense? They had to maybe change the music up a little bit to match it. I don't think so. I think
1: it's really just more of a slowing down everything and focusing more heavily on the lyrics because hmm. it's okay. not, it's not as fast. That's for sure. It sounds like a 1993 alternative album.
0: funny so how um, you can take a punk song and slow the tempo down, slow the yeah. tempo down and it becomes a completely different genre. <laughs> it's
1: really, really interesting. And like American Jesus was like one of my anthems of 10th grade struck a nerve was always one of my favorite songs. Like that, that song made me really like this band a lot at the time and it's still a great song. Um, And then um, you got your man with a mission is a really bizarre song that has like some country elements in it. And it's, it
0: doesn't, that sounds jarring for that would probably be jarring for huge fans of this band back in the day.
1: Mm -hmm. And then all good soldiers is another one of those. Like it, it sounds lyrically like it's very pro military and but then, it's it's obviously not. It's a very like sat- satirical look
0: um, at, at soldiers in general and fi- going. There's a the Rise war. Against song that's coming to mind now. Ah, yes. coming to yeah. that, yeah. And then, Hero
2: why- of War.
1: <laughs> the, this song's better. All Good Soldiers is a better song by far. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's why? probably not
0: as on the nose as Hero of War.
1: Exactly. Watch It Die is a fantastic song going into Struck a Nerve, which is another fantastic song. And uh, and then uh, so those are the ones that were always just like on a loop. And then there's a little bit of a lull after that until you get to uh, Skyscraper, which I always thought was a really cool song at track 13. And then and then you're done. So overall, still an eight out of 13. And at this point, like like my least favorite (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> uh, well no I, i'd say against the grain technically is my least favorite um but still it was really fun to go back and re-listen to all well how awesome <laughs> is that man that's cool and now to finally listen to stranger than fiction i'm gonna be like wow i i remember having that album that cd in my cd case and i'd be flipping through and there's <laughs> greg graffin's dopey face always yep. popping up and i'm just like I don't need to listen to that album. Look at, look at how dumb <laughs> look at, this band looks. Look at these old men. I, he's like 32 <laughs> years old. And I'm like, look at this, this doughy dad right here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, should have um, put a
0: hat on there, bud. Your, uh, he's your hairline's showing. And he's a doctor of zoology. He is, yeah. It, it, how, how interesting that the, that the, this band's like so educated and stuff. And I, and I think like in between, um, uh, bad religion records like he like is a professor as well isn't he right well he was from 2013 to
1: 2019
0: oh right yeah so natural, he stopped
1: doing that natural science professor at ucla but i don't think he is anymore oh interesting so um yeah so that's it's it's been kind of a trip to get to know this band a little bit more but yeah they're not gonna they're not gonna like explode your mind or anything for albums sure. three through seven and as i'm learning now three through Ten, It's still like their sound and it is what they're going for, but the band got gradually more and more popular recipe for hate was kind of the Zenith. And then they went to Atlantic for a, a stranger than fiction mm. for, for three albums and then came back to epitaph. So interesting.
0: Yeah. I don't think Atlantic, you know, could Not sell it. this band. Uh, so very well,
1: you know, they're After Stranger Than Fiction, the album sales start to really dip Mm. into the the late 90s, but we'll kind of see what happens from there.
0: Cool. So you're just going to do another chunk of uh, Bad Religion for next week's episode as well? I'll chunk that out, chunk out
1: some Insomniac, and then finish up some Nothing Nowhere, and... I think that's it for now. Yeah, this is a packed episode, dude. Holy. Thank you for yeah.
0: sharing with us. Yeah. And thank you guys for checking out this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And, and, you know, I know we've been going, I know we've been doing like music from the past, you know, for the past few weeks, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's been educational. Uh, and I think, you know, if, and especially with the perspective that we have, with how you know how much current music that we listen to, going back and checking out these classic punk albums, these these classic uh, psychedelic albums, you know, with with the Doors and Bad Religion and Green Day, have, who's had such a career and influence and in all the music that we listen to, has been very eye opening. So, I hope I hope that you can at least hear that when we talked about uh, L.A. Woman uh, early in the episode. So, you know, I'd love to hear what you guys think. You guys can, uh, like I said, over on Twitter, we're over there. at. Uh, I've, I've been trying to log in more on Twitter over there. You can follow us over at The Skinny Pod. We're also on Facebook, uh, you know, when they're also selling your data over to China, over at <laughs> Facebook.com slash The Skinny with Mike and Adam. Uh, equally selling your data is uh, is, is Instagram. Over, <laughs> You can follow me personally at uh, uh, Mike Prada. The last couple weeks, I had some people message me over there, and that was fun. So yeah, I'd love to hear more from you guys. You guys can reach out to us over there or if you just want to do a good old-fashioned email who probably doesn't sell your sell your data, that's uh we're over at uh, the skinny with Mike and Adam at uh, gmail.com. So once again, thank you for tuning in to this week's chunky episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you we hope that you learned a lot and we hope that we influenced you to at least if you know, if you didn't want to check out the bands that we checked out, then Maybe go check out some bands that you were interested in, and you know now is the time to do it, especially because you know, you know the big releases are going to be uh, very uh, few and far between. So this is this is definitely the time to go check out some influences back in the day. Might so, as well. It's a simpler yeah. time.
1: The simpler time.
0: It was a simpler time. You know, people weren't on edge, when for one another. They weren't constantly fearing death whenever time they leave their front door.
2: Mm. So you know. Good times. Good, good
0: good decades they were. Mm. So for my co-host Adam, I am your co-host Mike, and like we say when we're checking in with each other, quarantining, sheltering in place, skinnying in place. Uh, well, hashtag uh, robot with poodle hair. Let us let's not forget. Let's not forget. Yes.
1: <laughs> and, and all I can say is, is check that shit out because it is. There's a lot of good stuff out there.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And you know, and and thank you, Adam, for sharing those very personal stories with uh, the with, with everybody. Those very te- technically illegal stories, but you know, whatever.
1: I didn't say anything. I just said that there was some stuff that I might have
0: consumed. No, 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 not you. The other Adam. The other oh. Adam that left. Yes. And it's very confusing for the listener. You know, there's like two atoms that I talk to and I never differentiate between you two. So, you know.
2: It's A- it's all part
0: of the lore. A <laughs> T O M, yes. They atom. <laughs>